Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute. Integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now, on with the show. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Peter. There's no better angle for sure uh, than the one from behind. Reed. All this travel and playing and priorities been really getting in the way of our relationship. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Chris McGee next to me, texting wildly on his iPhone 5 that he only partially knows how to use. And Dustin Avall looking for fourth man status. Forget the fifth man award. What is, He's what looking is, for a fourth man. What does partially know how to use mean? <laughs> it means you're not really aware that you can actually turn it off. You don't know how any little secret functions work. You can answer a call. That's about what it means. I know how to mute it. I know how to delete. I know how to do all that good stuff, man. Sideswipe, delete. i got delete. called Pandora that Dustin told me about a few years ago. I finally figured that out. <laughs> I'm a madman on Instagram. You are a madman. You man. are. I am a madman on Instagram. Luca is the star of Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I mean. It's Luca feed. It's weird. I'm not really putting it to my Twitter, though. I don't know if I want yeah. everyone seeing my family and kids. but yeah. uh, So I'm keeping that low pro, but I do love to post on Instagram. A lot of photos on there. Mostly my little one's wearing a helmet. She always, I love it. Yeah, and people are like, does she have like a head problem? I'm like, no, she just <laughs> She's never going to either because she always wears <laughs> yeah. a helmet. No, she just likes to roll with a lid on. <laughs> You're training her to play libero for Cal in a few years. Aww. That's what you want her to do. On the show today, we have a USC explosion. Not only do we have Dustin Avall right here in studio repping Cardinal and Gold. Yes. But we also have Natalie Hagland be on here in just a few minutes. Libero for the women's team and uh, stand-up comedian. <laughs> Two-time All-American. Two-time All-American, uh, two-time uh, fun, funnest interview, yeah. best interview. Who's that? Lima time? No, no Natalie Hagland. We will then Natalie get Hagland. to Priscilla yeah. Lima. Will join us to talk about the beach. She'll be calling from Brazil to talk to us. So we're really reaching international yeah, today. Lima time. And then Fergie, Bill Ferguson. Yeah. Bill Ferguson, uh, the ABCA coaches' corner head man at USC. Former. You know what I can say about server. Fergie that I can't say about you? I've won with Fergie. Actually, wow. you and I won. Don't we win every week on this we show? We won the Dundee. Yeah. We did win a Dundee. 
And we will, of course, have the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly with Jay and Mike. Oh, yeah. Fergie and I used to dogpile. We, we, had, we, had, uh, we, we won titles together. Probably beat you a couple times in your career when you were a club kid. What? Who'd you play for? Spry? Never played club. What up, Barney? My brother played club. <laughs> Not me. That's right. Your brother played club. Yeah. He had a That's big, right. I always liked your brother. He had a big victory over Borentine Gardens. That's year. not easy Hector to do. Hector Soto. Yeah. Victor Rivera. Hector Soto going to the beach, by the way. Really? Yeah. To, to where? Just hanging out? <laughs> yeah, just going to hang out at the beach. What's he going to do? Like play ace and stuff? Yeah. Play I hope so. I don't know. Play ace. <laughs> He'd be good at ace. Man, that guy would be good you get good a professional ace, ace Is he going to do a little bocce? We're close enough on a professional ace tour, just as close as professional doubles tours. I mean, we might as well. <laughs> you wouldn't have trouble getting a beer sponsor. That's true, yeah. And the good thing about Ace is a lot of legends would play and play effectively, yeah. regardless of age. They'd be into it. Yeah, but he's great at it. Best Ace player? I mean, a guy who's played Ace but in the two-man form for basically his entire existence, Scott Akatebi, right? <laughs> you know... You go down 10.30 a.m. at 16th, and there are some beers <clears throat> out. You know how, like, <laughs> Kobe's, Kobe's 34 years old and he still does some remarkable things? I think that's the one thing that our sport misses, like... And I think we've talked about this before, but a guy like Fanoy, who's now you know 42 years old, uh, he plays in a lot of the tournaments, Solstice and uh, La- Labor Day, the Sea Right. And I remember la- not last summer, I mean summer before, when I played with uh, Luke Walton and his best friend Nate Staggs, who love volleyball now, right? And and and, and we had a good fourth. It's, it's all about name dropping, Jeremy. <laughs> and and those guys are so into volleyball. I mean, they are horny for volleyball, oh, right? James. So we're Does playing the like tournament. Volley? And I'm telling you right now. Fanoy, single-handedly, because he had a B, C, and a D with him. Yep. It was a good game, but but the final score was like, played to 11, probably 11-5. took a long time, but like we couldn't do anything because those guys would hit the best shots of their life, hard, and he would just be in the right spot. He'd dig, and then he would put it to a corner where nobody was, and they were just bl- baffled and blown away. And I remember afterwards saying, you guys got to realize like he's literally one of the greats of all time. He can still do it. Yeah, didn't he? He play? wouldn't be able to do it over the course of the tournament every weekend. But he's still, he's just so good. And that's it what people, away. amazes people about Akatubby. They see Ak play yep. at 16th Street, and you're like, oh, my God, Ak can still bring it. You bet he can still bring it. Yeah. And yep. Ivy can still stuff balls. And, I mean, they just, these guys are still awesome. You just don't get to see it, you know? Didn't Fenoy play Sammy in the finals of that tournament? Bob Samuel's yeah. team? Yeah, Sammy I mean, is a couple years older than me. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of my favorite players is coming on, by the way, Natalie yeah. Haglin, who you get to interview all the time. I used to coach against her when I was at Sportshack and she was I wave. think the email said I ended her Career. We did. We did end her career, and, and I did not feel good about that. She was a career. part of the number one team in the nation. She was a senior, yeah. uh, but she handled it with class. And she was fantastic. It definitely wasn't her fault. Uh, she was uh, honestly one of the great club players ever. I loved coaching against her because okay. of her competitive fire and how great she was. So I love this kid, and, and I'm happy she's had a lot of success at SC. I want to know who's going to introduce her. You do can. We, do we give Dustin Abel his oh, first let's shot? Let's give Dustin a shot. Let's I can introduce Dustin her? A shot. Yeah. Get some music going. Well, you are the fourth man on the show, and you look a little nervous right Take now. Take a deep oh, breath. Think times are tough, Keith. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Think about, I'm trying to replace Reed on the program. Well, I've already done better, though, because I'm here. <laughs> I think your mic start, might start experiencing some technical issues, Reed reaching through the digital universe. <laughs> From Turkey. All right, here we go. Dustin Aval, first introduction on the Net Live. This young lady going to be a senior... Coming up for the USC Women of Troy, two times. She's an All-American and been on stage, introduced by Kevin Barnett. She's an accomplished beach player and surfer. We'll get into that a little bit, too. Up Love that about her. Upstaged by Kevin Barnett. Oh, wait, no, pardon me. Upstaged Kevin Barnett. Out of La Costa Canyon High School, now the libero for the USC 
Trojan Women. Say hello, Natalie Hagland. How's it going? Hagland. How are you guys? We're great. Natalie, you know, uh, it's Geeter, and I, and I was talking to Dustin before the show, and I said, Natalie likes the net live? He said, no, she's never heard of it. And I, and I was <laughs> a little – hopefully it's some research that we've won on the – nobody knows about the awards, but, but we've won them, Natalie. <laughs> yeah. and, Sorry, you cut out a little bit. Can you say that again? Uh, uh, forget again. it. Forget it. it it's <laughs> Wait, I heard – the thing that I heard is that – I've never heard the net live. That is true, but you guys are hosting it, so it might be the coolest they, radio show in the country. The great radio. There we go. And she is on Twitter, though. Or I tried to follow only. her today. You got she protects her tweets, which is which means we'll have to see if she accepts yeah, it or not. Gotta approve you. <laughs> I accept everybody. I don't even know why I protect them. Natalie, do you remember playing against Chris McGee, the great Chris McGee in the club tournaments, and just him dominating? Or no, she beat us many times, but the Shack did get her at the end of her career, and. Uh, and, you know, it, it was unfortunate, but she played great, as usual. Yeah, you know, that was kind of unfortunate, but uh, that team was great, and they kind of put it to us, you know? It just happens. What do you think of Kevin Barnett when yeah. he's interviewing you at these All-American <laughs> things? Tell me Barney's game there, because I, I hear every time you go up there, you kind of you kind of she take over it. and dominate him. She kills it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he, he's pretty unfair. He picks on me every time. You know, I hear everybody go up, and I hear the questions, and I'm like, all right, he might ask me this question. He's going to ask me this question. And he comes up, and he asks me the most ridiculous questions every time, and I just get thrown for a loop. <laughs> but it's pretty awesome, actually. I think they're kind of funny. It just kind of takes me a while to think about it because, you know, Mick Haley has so many animals that he could have been, but I guess the reptile is the first thing that came to my mind. Reptile, that was funny. It's all get out. Yeah, sit there. The questions get answered by the other All Americans. What other questions? Yeah, the other questions that get that get asked and, and answered. What are you, you're trying to think of what I'm going to come at you with, or, or are you enjoying? Yeah. Getting. I thought that it, you know everyone was getting asked like, okay, so you accomplished this and this. How did it feel? Uh, you overcame this adversity. How was it? You had a great season. What was going through your mind during this game? Um, and mine was, you know, can I see a Mick impression? What <laughs> animal? <do> you... <laughs> but it's freaking awesome. It's, you know, it's the it's the greatest questions. But I think it was funny. You will I would... be doing a Mick impression at the end of your interview. Absolutely. I would be counting yeah, on absolutely. Yeah. I was counting on it. <laughs> I knew something that happened. I said, she can handle this. She will take this somewhere. And I... I think I told her afterwards, I asked her the question. She's kind of waiting, pausing, killing time. Then she turned and pivoted to the crowd, and I thought, all right, she's got it. She's, she's got it. Here we go. Well, uh, what you all wouldn't ask her if, 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 if she wasn't a great kid and a special kid, and, and you knew she could handle it. And my question is this, Nellie. You've been to two Final Fours in three years. You're heading into your senior year. Is anything less than a national championship for you? I mean, is that the ultimate goal? And and and, and where do you guys stand on on getting that 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 goal accomplished? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not really. I'm not going to be happy with anything less this year. You know, in the past years, I was kind of like, well, if we play well, if, you know, if we're gelling together and we have a great year, I'm going to be happy with what I get. But this year is my senior year, and we came in as a number one recruiting class. So I kind of want to come out as you know a national champion, and I think we're on a good road right now. We've been practicing in the spring and um, working on things, and everybody's looking great. I have not seen the freshmen that are coming in, um, 
this coming year. But um, I heard they're fantastic players, so I think we have a great chance as long as as long as we just keep working hard in the gym. And I think I think we're going to bring a lot of fun things to the gym this year. We got a lot of spunk this year, so. Your sophomore year, you guys had that great battle with Illinois. It could have gone either mm-hmm. way. Uh, they ended up lo- losing to UCLA. You look at that Final Four. Was that one where you think, you know, that's one we could have won? We were right there. Because the way I looked at that Final Four is three of the four teams could have won it on any given day. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, UCLA had a great year that year. And um, the game we played against Illinois, it was, it was one of the best experiences ever, you know. Just we lost, yeah, but so many people came up to us after and were saying, you know, that was such a good game, that was such an inspiring game. Um, and it's kind of cool to hear people say that. I do think that we had a great chance that year to win the national championship. We had, you know, Lauren Williams, Kendall Bateman, and Alex Jupiter, our senior All-Americans, and um, they produced great numbers for us that year. It just didn't happen. And I think any team is going to say that, that, you know, we could have won that year. We could have won that year, but not a lot of teams are going to say, well, we did win that year. And, um, you know, it happens, but this year I think it's going to be different. I hope it's going to be different, and we're working hard to make that happen. Talking to uh, Natalie Hagland, libero from the USC women's volleyball team. Natalie, you won a couple awards, I know, at the banquet just last month, including the uh, Wysoff Most Valuable Player Award voted on by your teammates and, and also the obvious one, the best dig which you guys call the Nicole Davis Award. Nicole Davis and Paula Weishoff, two accomplished Trojans at the international level, too. I know you've had some junior national team experience. Do you Are, are you looking to maybe replace Nicole on the national team after this season? What does your volleyball career look like after USC, do you think? Um, after USC, I'm definitely looking to play overseas. I, I have no idea what my options are going to be, and I have you know no idea if I'm going to have an opportunity to do so, but... Um, I'm going to keep my options open. I'm going to stay optimistic about it, and uh, I'm going to work hard to get there. I don't really know anything about the national team yet. I mean, yeah, that's the ultimate goal, to be up there. But, you know, Nicole Davis is a fantastic player. She's got a lot in her, so I'm sure she's got some more years to come. Um, So we'll see. I haven't really – I mean, obviously, national team and um, being in the Olympics is something that I look forward to in the future. But as of right now, I'm – just kind of focused on USC, and then once I get there, I'm kind of going to see where my options bring me overseas and, you know, see if I have the opportunity to continue with my volleyball career, and I'd love to do so if I get that opportunity. How much do you guys really know? I mean, you're one of the elite players in college. How much do you guys really know about the national team and about the professional lifestyle of playing volleyball for a living? Um, I mean, when you go to the tryouts and um, you go to the clinics and stuff, I mean, you see a little bit of it. You're waking up super early. You're having three sessions a day, and you're working hard. And you know it's a hard lifestyle, but you're ready to give up any lifestyle if you really want to play that way, and um, you're ready to give anything to be there. And I know it's going to be hard, and I feel like a lot of people know that it's a hard lifestyle, but they don't really know what has to go into it to, you know, be as successful as our Olympic team is today. I mean, getting the silver in the Olympics is an absolutely incredible, incredible accomplishment. And I don't think a lot of people know what those girls go through to um, get those accomplishments. But I think everybody knows that it's a hard lifestyle. And um, But, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Hey, Natalie, are you playing beach this spring? I'm not playing beach, no. I'm just going to focus on my indoor game this spring. Is, is beach something that you like to do, at least on the side, and play and play that style of game? I mean, I know you're from San Diego and stuff like that, and you have that great right. game. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I've started playing beach volleyball. That That's kind of like my passion, you know. That's the reason why I started to love the indoor game is just because of the beach game. But um, I would love to play it on the side, and I will always be playing it in the summers. Um, but as long as I'm having the opportunity to play on indoor teams, like at this university, um, I was given the opportunity to play for the indoor team. So I kind of felt the obligation to stay as an indoor player because I would have been one of the only players that would have gone to sand this year. And, you know, I felt an obligation to stay with my team on the indoor. Um, but, you know, I, I love the beach, and I will that will always be a passion of mine. And, hey, if indoor doesn't work out, you know, maybe maybe I'll try for the beach team. How's your surfing game? Do you get to surf anymore? <laughs> A little bit? I do. Surfing kind of keeps me sane, you know? We have long practices, and after, like, long weeks of volleyball, surfing is kind of one of the only things that I can uh, just keeps me, like, who I am and sane in the long run. Um, I don't really get to surf that much in the season just because we're traveling so much and we practice every day, but in the spring, I'm definitely out there a lot. Do you uh, do, you, do you ride a longboard? Yep, a longboard. 9-0. nose rider. Oh, that's a big board for... A girl, a lot of fiberglass. I love that. <laughs> it's big because when we used to compete, the board used to have to be three feet over our head oh, or really? nine feet. And I got so tall Well, when I was younger. I'm, I was the same height when I was like in eighth grade, let's be real. But when I was in eighth grade and competing, I had to have that board three feet over my head, and I just kept growing. So I was like, you know what? Now I know it is. <laughs> Now, as you look around the Pac-12, you guys watched Oregon make a run all the way to the championship match. But do you think about next season, who is the main competition? Man, the Pac-12 is going to be tough this year. I mean, it always is, but um, keeping an eye out for Stanford. They have all those young players that are coming up. A lot of them are going to be sophomores. You have Carly Wolpat as a senior. Um, Stanford's going to be tough. Um, Oregon's going to be tough. UCLA is going to be tough. Washington. Um, but, you know, they're all going to be good. But right now, I think Stanford's looking extremely good with those freshmen being sophomores, Carly being a senior, and uh, the other girls on their team. All right, we mentioned before the fact that I asked you to do a Mick impression two years ago. <laughs> we asked if Animal Mick would be this last year. What was the reaction from Mick and the staff? <laughs> I mean, I was a little too scared to look over there during um, the interview because I thought he was going to be giving me that really mean stare that I showed you guys on the first Mick interview or the first um, Mick impression. Um, so I didn't look over there during the middle of the interview, but after I think he, I heard he was laughing, but you know, being called a reptile probably isn't the best thing to be called. So, you know, I tried not to make it sound bad because it's not a bad thing. I, reptiles are awesome. And I love Mick as a coach, but you know, it's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but I think he was a great sport about it. He thought it was hilarious, and um, he's probably going to give me, um, you know, he's going to give me some issues about that all season. He's going to say, well, you're not going to listen to the reptile, are you? And, you know, he's he's a good sport about it. Well, you've got, I mean, you've got the, the opportunity right now to clarify, maybe to amend that answer, I think, if you want to do it on the net live. No, double down. <laughs> I mean, you about it now? She said definitely. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people were telling me that I should have, um, which is kind of funny because I was thinking about it at first, but then I was like, okay, I'm not going to say this. But, you know, eh, it's past time and I'll say it now. But I think it kind of reminds me more of like a turtle than he does a reptile. Um, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> It might be the bald head. 
Um, I'm not exactly sure if it's localized or if it's just a turtle, but the real thing that comes to my mind when I see Mick is a turtle. Nice. But turtles were my favorite animals back in the day, so that's that is a positive thing. You know, good I save. A, I good had a save. Turtle when I was growing up named Toddle. I swear to God, we had Toddle for a long <laughs> no time. No way! I wish I had a turtle. I have no idea where he is now. I mean, apparently. <laughs> You went a long time ago. Farm. The Parents turtles just lived, man. The big farm was with us forever. He just lived in our backyard. The big farm in the sky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where he's at. Big farm in the sky. That is awesome. Well, Natalie Haglund, thanks very much for joining us here on the Net Live. Always appreciate your enthusiasm for your team, for your game, and your willingness to participate with uh, ridiculous questions at yeah. the All American Banquet. Look forward to coming. Oh. Up with- <laughs> Thank you guys very much. I love the Net Live. I'm gonna have to tune in more often. That sounds awesome. I think her old coach, Jeannie Reeves, is still mad at me for running across the net after game one, but it was such a shocking game one victory that back in 2009, I was excited, but Natalie was always happy with it. She was fine. She said, you know what, Geeter, I thought it was cool and I'm okay with it. So I always, I always liked that. I, th- I think Jeannie and her husband are still mad at me, though, but thanks. Yeah, because I, I would have done the same thing. So I was, You know how it was. It's intense there at JO's. I would have done the same thing. I would have been, been high kneeing it across the court, maybe doing the worm. I don't know. See, you are one and the same. Doing the she, worm. Uh, That's your call you know right what? There, she's going to win a national championship this year, and she's going to do the worm, and we're going to oh, talk about it. Going to hide me it across. She's going to hide. She's going to win, and she's going to come on the show on the Monday after she wins the title. Yeah. Book it now. And then Kevin's going to. That make sounds it. fantastic. Yeah, you That's tell right. you tell Nolan that I said that you're coming on the show Monday after you win the title. He'll understand. <laughs> you know, you all right. Sophomore, tell him you're a way better player than he ever was. Tell him I said that. <laughs> no, I never even thought. No, 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 no. <laughs> Natalie Haglin, thanks very much for coming on the show. We always appreciate hearing from you. Thank you for having me. All right. Natalie Haglin, right. we're doing our best to get her in trouble there, Geeter. You're trying to tell her to Absolutely. tell people in the program she can handle it. way it's better. Just, that's why you, uh, you know, it's, I, I've been to seed events before. You're, you're going to have fun and play with the people that can handle it and are going to be good back. You can't just go to some random uh, player up there and ask her questions. You know she's not going to be able to handle it. Natalie Haglin's going to. Yeah. It. That's why you go to her. Well, that's what I said before, is the kids make it. Of course. The kids make or break those questions in the whole event, really. And we had Lauren Plum did a did a great impression of uh, of her coach that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Uh, I enjoyed that. But we, there are kids who you can mess with, kids who you can't. We had a kid a couple yeah. years ago who just would giggle. Just yeah. giggling. No matter what I asked her, she went, and guess what? As an MC, that doesn't make you look good, right? No. no. You just, I mean, that, that, you asked me earlier, I was nervous doing the show last week for Fox. Yeah. You know what makes me nervous? Some guest across from me giggling. That's the, that makes me a little nervous. I'm like, great. Yeah. Here we go sideways. That's how I was my first year with Jay Roche when he was in the DJ booth. He just had a little giggle about him, and it was very awkward. It's tough. Oh, here comes the mute button. Oh, you can't even find it. I guess uh, I guess Natalie's going to have to warm up that worm for next year when she's on stage with you because I have a feeling that could be a request at the 2000. Oh, great call. Where's the or... Final Four next year? I don't know. Why do I care? I won't be able to go, <laughs> as usual. I always want to go. Can't go. You'll be yeah. busy having dinner at James's house on Friday. No, I don't, I don't, no we won't get it. It'll probably be a game. They play Friday, Sundays usually. All right, Kevin? <laughs> And they don't play very well. No. Chris McGee, unhappy about his new job. Seattle, Washington is what the chat board says. Seattle, Washington. Oh, yeah. I love that city. That's man. a great yeah. place. That would be true. fun. Yeah. How about this? You go to the Final Four, then catch a Seahawks game on that Sunday. Love it. In the Carroll Box. I'm in. Oh. Yeah. This thing's really shaping up. i got to quit my job. I, uh, I, already ha- I don't have that problem over here. So we're, we're good there. All right. Listen, everybody out there. Dustin Avall, smart I kid, think. very talented. Knows his pop culture, not afraid of a microphone. Get him a job. 
Get him a job. He's a good people person. He can get in sales, whatever. It's just let him let, let him make you some money. We're gonna have like a new a new portion new of the show. It's gonna be find Dustin a job time. It's just a a quick little little help me out. Do we get like a thirty second your elevator pitch? No, we didn't. Well, Geeter just made it for me. Yeah, I don't need to. Yeah, I have, that's how we do it. What do we got coming up? Priscilla Lima. Wow. Front loaded here on the net live on February 11th. Tuesday the 11th. Then Bill Ferguson. Yeah. Can I uh, can I shoot something in here that I haven't told you guys about yet? If you are at home right now and you're watching TV or you have a TV on, check out uh, this hour of the Today Show because my wife won a car on Saturday on what? the Today Show. What? The Kathy Lee and Hoda, the fourth hour yeah. of the Today Show, they were at Santa Monica Place. Where they're Monica drunk Place. the entire time. Yeah, they're at Santa Monica Place. They're on location. My my wife goes with her uh, with her friends and, and a coworker, and they're sitting there, and they have have a little raffle, and uh, the hosts say, you guys can win a book and a CD. You're going to be really excited. So lo and behold, they call out my wife's name. Her name's Hannah. Is this a true story? True story. Have it on Saturday. I know Geet won a car years ago, but my That's wife. Way better story. Thunderbird, right? Goes goes up. Uh, Mercury Grand Marquis. Sorry to cut in, Dustin. <laughs> That's fine. She goes up to the to the stage to collect her, her book and her CD that they said that she won, and she's kind of walking off stage again, and they go, oh, one more thing. You also win this. And sort of like the full-on... I mean, to, to pull from Geeter's Price is right, a new car, like from the behind the scene, like the curtain drops back. So, yeah, live right now on uh, on NBC, TiVo it or whatever. Check it out. Toyota RAV4. Yeah. Oh, wait till you get the bill for that. The I tax know, bill. Right? That's what I you said. You just got a tax bill. Yeah, I just got a tax bill. But, hey, well, we got some, time. The car. got some time to take care of that. You and Joe Flacco, similar, similar I just, issues, uh, right? My tax was about 4000 but I ended up selling it for about sixteen, so I made twelve in the deal. I was just graduating college at Northridge. So yeah, did you, you can make the money off this. Did you get the car and sell it or did you just yeah, take I, cash? I, I went privately. I paid I got the taxes, took the car, had it for two weeks, sold it to a dealer. Nice. There's a couple different ways you can do it. You're obviously gonna call Matt Unger and find out the best way. <laughs> and we're back to volleyball. All right. Let's take a short break here on the net live. Should we? Minutes. Yeah, just quickly. No. Quickly. What? No? No, keep going. All right, guys, I'm out. Oh. Uh have a great rest of the show. <laughs> Good luck to you. Can't leave yet. Appreciate everybody. Dustin, that was fun. Get in that third chair. Have a good time, buddy. Yeah. Are you texting Priscilla? Yeah. Is that her? Yeah. Okay. So we'll be right back on the net live with Priscilla Lima. In Brazil? Yeah. Post practice.
slight interlude. That's brought to you by Chris McGee. Apologize. And his size 12. As I said, apologize, Barney. It's really for you, Barney. <laughs> Welcome back to the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. Kevin Barnett sitting in with Dustin Aval, Chris McGee, and DJ Jeremy Roche. In the home court, we hope you're getting an opportunity to listen to us either live, streamed on Volleyball Mag's website, or via iTunes for free. Notice how professional you're getting. Getting You're calling me Chris McGee a lot. Instead of Geeter? Yeah, you get that from Tom, huh? Or boss. <laughs> Get that from watching you on a Laker broadcast. You know, you're not Geeter. Yeah. You're Chris. Chris and hey, James. Chris. Big, big game James and Chris. And Coach Dave Miller. This really seems weird. And the coach. Dustin, I was a little worried earlier when you were veering off into daytime television that you're going to tell us how Dr. Oz is going to be really good this week, and you were looking forward to Thursday's episode. Yeah, it's going to be good, though. I, d- I didn't are go that way. Are you working out at all? Like, what yeah. do you do in the morning? You should be buffed you, like, out, making dude. Hannah breakfast? Like, what do you guys do? Full on, I mean, house husband. Everything around the house is taken care of. Yeah, don't, like back everything. Don't you worry about any dishes in the dishwasher. And or... she's the breadwinner. Yeah, she be- and she won a car, so things are going <laughs> well. <is> awesome. <laughs> yeah. At least she's got some luck. Yeah. Keeping well, you alive. You might never go back to work. Maybe not. I might buy a lottery ticket today. Maybe that'll be... No, have her buy it. There you go. Yeah. Good call. We have our next guest, Chris McGee. This one's on you, buddy. Well, Jeremy Roche and I love our next guest. So does Dustin. Dustin got to announce the end of her career when the AVP ended and she moved over to Brazil, which is where she was born and raised, and continued her professional career. She's been a professional about 10 years. And what I love about Priscilla Lima is her love and passion for the sport of volleyball, the way she gives back to the game and the fans. And I've always said this on center court. She's one of the most entertaining players. And that's why everybody loves her. Her tenacity, her love of the game, the way she interacts with other players and the fans. And I've always said this, and Jeremy will agree, she is a fantastic dancer and she's not afraid to show it. I just simply called her Lima Time. She's one of our favorite players, ladies and gentlemen. She was a top 10 player when the AVP went away, making finals, making final fours. She's Priscilla Lima Time. What's up, Pri? Hey, how are you guys? We're good. How are you? How's Brazil? Hot. <laughs> Thanks for it's really hot. I recently moved to Fortaleza, so it's even hotter than Rio. Fortaleza, isn't there a, a great facility there, and that's where all the, you guys train and all that good stuff? Well, they, uh, you know, in Rio we train around, like all over the beach, but uh, over here they have uh, this little place with three volleyball courts, and it's like everybody kind of knows what time each team practices, so nobody, nobody takes each other's times and stuff like that, but most of the athletes practice on those three courts. Now, how, how different – is it over there in Brazil? I mean, it's, it's soccer and beach volleyball are, are, are the two most popular sports. Yeah, it definitely they definitely are. Um, Brazil, you know, like they treat um, volleyball as a professional sport more. Like it's like it's it's huge, and uh, people we call it where we practice training centers. We don't call we're going to go to the you know oh what, you know how it is over there like. Which court you want to meet at, you know, it's not like you have your court, you have your uh, your coach, your assistant coaches. You have a, everybody so far that I've seen has a, a ball shagger. So somebody that that is there just to shag balls for you so you don't have to run after balls. And, of course, with that you have a, a conditioning coach who is there with you or he, you know, you're with him like every day. It's, uh, it's definitely a different system. Um, I learned how to be more of a professional uh, the, uh, with them once I started coming to Brazil and playing with Tachi. And then I love the freedom 
and the way that we conduct our own business in America. So there's two two great ways to um, run beach volleyball. Now, do you have any sh- ball shagging jobs open? I don't know if you heard the show, but Dustin is out of a job right now, and he would be so qualified. He knows the sport, and he hustles. Is there any chance you can get Dustin a job? I would love to come to Brazil. Definitely. He can shag my balls all day long. <laughs> You got to get that cut. Uh, we got to cut that. That is fantastic. <laughs> Sorry. Now, pre your partnership with with, with Tachi, I always loved that partnership uh, when you guys were on the AVP tour. You just meshed so well together. Had such great chemistry. What has she meant to your volleyball career? Oh, she meant everything. I have I had that amazing chemistry with Angela. That is that. Um, almost once in a lifetime, you know, that we just clicked. And we were two girls that played the best we could together. But Tachi really took my my game to another level, showed me the way that I've always wanted to know. You know, you want to get there, you want to be one of the top, and you do the best you can. But if you don't have somebody that has been there to guide you, it's really hard to make it there on your own. So she took me from, like, um, top ten – I think that I finished with Angela the year before, and Tachi and I finished um, the tour that year in 2009 at third in the nation. And then I was looking, I was watching some of our matches that I found, and then I texted her and I said, how could you play with me? I don't play nearly half of what I play right now. How could we get there like that? But she really, really believed in me, and um, she, she, it's her fault that I'm playing so well. I blame her all the time. <laughs> Priscilla, your love for the game, you continue to go over to Brazil and play. I, I, I always feel bad for a lot of my friends and people like you, and I always say like Billy Allen and Aaron Walkfold, there's so many great people that I can name. I think we're just starting to peak, and we're at that right age when the AVP went away. How how, how disappointing was that for you, and, and, and did you ever have a moment where you said, you know what, maybe maybe i got to move on to something else? It definitely, like, it was definitely a, a little hit in my heart because, not only I was speaking, but the AVP is the AVP. Everybody knows the AVP. When I first got back to Brazil, like, nobody knew me besides my friends from, like, a long time ago, but everybody knew that I played on the AVP. So all the guys, they would they would come and not even tell me how. They'd be like, so how's the AVP, you know? And I was like, okay, great. I'm the AVP girl, and uh, nobody wants to know how I'm doing. They want to know how the AVP is doing. Um I had to think about it, and and luckily I had the Brazilian tour, tour to fall back on and keep my training and, and while I wait for the AVP and, and beach volleyball in general, you know, get back on its own in the uh, United States. But I feel sad for those who, like, you know, all the guys and girls that didn't have that and they had to go and find another job. It was, it was definitely like um, – Almost the end of a dream, but uh, I was lucky enough to, at this time, to be from another country and be able to come back to my country and play, you know. Pri, I think you put something into perspective, and I, and I really uh, – Barney and Kevin Barnett, who does such a great job in this show, he only has 20% approval rating amongst our fans because he hates beach <laughs> volleyball. All he cares about is indoor. He doesn't realize that there's a whole world out there. I mean, me, Dustin, and Jeremy, we love beach and indoor. That's what makes us so awesome. <laughs> I, something. Boy, Around boy. the world, people loved 
beach volleyball in the United States. When I went to the Olympics in 08, I remember a lot of the players saying that they watched the AVP on TV and that's how they fell in love with the game. I think that's a really cool thing that a lot of people don't know. Around the rest of the world in beach volleyball, the AVP was fantastic and people loved it and wanted to play in it. Yes, and today um, my new partner over here in Brazil is uh, Cotton Lindquist. And she used to play the FIVB, and she has a lot of uh, people coming from Sweden to practice over here. And some of the boys, the Saturday, just like, oh, we were watching the AVP 1997 on YouTube. And how cool is it? Like, everybody from all over the world talks about the AVP. As soon as they know that I've played in it, they ask me tons of questions. The AVP is the dream tournament, is the dream tournament to play in it and like I'll say most of the players over here in Brazil, they always tell me they would love to go play in it and to go watch. Like all the coaches like, oh, I would love, like my dream was to go watch, you know, and I watch online and stuff like that. Pri, take us back a little bit. How did you get started as, you know, a teenager playing in Brazil to coming to university in, in Louisiana and the United States and then eventually to the <clears throat> to the tour on the AVP? How did, that, how did all that come about back, you know, when you were 15, 16, 17? Wow. That's a, almost a long time back, but <laughs> thankfully I have a good memory. Um, well, I started playing really late when I was 15. That's for Brazilians almost like a suicide in your career. Um, then when I was uh, 18, uh, the former assistant coach from Louisiana Lafayette, she called her former coach in Brazil, who was my coach at that time, and said, hey, we want some Brazilians over here. So I looked at my two best friends, and we, like, made eye contact, and we smiled. We're like, we'll go. You know, we had no idea what was recruiting. Now I know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how we got picked because we had to send a video. And we're like, how are we going to do video? It was 1998, 1999 in Brazil. Video cameras were very expensive. <laughs> and we finally got one, and we <laughs> sent a video of us peppering, setting each other, and then tossing balls so we showed that we could shoulder roll. And we went. <laughs> I uh, went in 1999 and then um, finished my uh, college career and started playing some tournaments around Florida and Texas with some friends while I was doing my uh, my second time around in school because I decided to stay. And then one of my friends said, you should play beach volleyball professionally. And I'm like, oh, there's no way. You know, I haven't played in a high level like I used to in Brazil in a long time. And she was like, let's do this. Get your tickets to San Diego. My family's from there, and we'll play a qualifier. And some of my – I used to coach also throughout my whole college career, and uh, one of my players' parents, they gave me my tickets as my graduation gift. I was so touched by it. So I got over there, and we were number 74 in the qualifier in um, San Diego. We made it through three rounds, and we needed five rounds to make it in. But from that tournament on – not only I got to hit a, a girl in the face on my first ball of the match, of my first match, I also got a partner for the second tournament coming up. And since then, then I went to another tournament with the same first um, lady because she was, you know, a little older. She was a friend of mine. And um, then I started playing the AVP uh, full-time in 2005, and I qualified for my second tournament on and that's it. And uh, then it was at the end of 2005, I think, I hooked up with Angela. Then we split in 2009 that I played with Stachi. And then I've been playing, you know, back and forth with a lot of players since. Yeah. And the rest is history. What's uh, what's the difference from a player side in terms of the coaching 
that you experienced here in the U.S. versus that in Brazil? And it sounded like you said that uh, there were some coaches that uh, were were traveling between the U.S. and Brazil at least sometime in their career. Is it similar, the coaching styles, or is there a lot of differences? Uh, coaching style is a lot different. I even noticed, like, here in Brazil, uh, in Rio, where I grew up, we uh, we do a lot of, like, a lot of, uh, we say, actions in one in one drill, so you touch a lot of balls before you get to play and stuff like that, and then you do also, of course, side-out stuff and defense stuff, and over here, I got to Fortaleza, and I was like, whoa, I'm ready, you know, and then I started practicing with my partner, and the style was completely different. It was like side-out, volume, 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 defense, side-out, 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 and I was like, man, I thought I was in great shape, and I was like, well, you need to, you know, adapt your body. I saw that um, over there uh, when I was there with uh, – some coaches that is not Chicon because Chicon coached me throughout a long time, and Marcy too, that was with Misty and Carrie. Uh, when I was with American coaches, um, it's more of like here, you know, it was hard because I didn't have a consistent coach like we have over here in Brazil. So, but when you go to sessions, it's like you play and I help you fix certain things, you know. Um, but I think for them to also have time to work on things with you, you have to go more often and make it more consistent. That's why over here in Brazil, I think it's a little more serious. You hire a coach, you, and he has his coaching staff, and you, you pay him a salary plus percentage, or you pay the training center a monthly fee, so you pay for all those guys, and then you give your coach and your and your um, conditioning coach um, a percentage from your earnings because it keeps them motivated on training you. The more you make, the more you give them. And um, I kind of like that because it, it keeps them true to, to their work. They they don't get like, oh, yeah, this is great. I'm I'm making my money anyway. And they really makes them care for what they do, you know. Pri, what's the next step for you in terms of uh, traveling this summer, getting ready? Well, um, I don't know if you heard over here in Brazil, they changed our um, the open tour. Now only seven teams are in and you have five open spots to get into the main tour and uh but our confederation has three wild cards. <laughs> so only two teams make in from the qualifier. As of right now, Karen and I we are eighth and we didn't get a wild card which usually they do give if you're eighth or if you win the previous qualifier, which we won, but that didn't happen to us. So uh this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we'll be playing the qualifier in João Pessoa. And then the very next weekend, you know, we're going to win it again and we're going to make it to the open tour and play Friday through Sunday. Pri, this is Kevin. Contrary to popular belief, I do care a little bit about beach. And we spent a lot of time <laughs> on this show, unfortunately, talking about the state of beach. And I think you touched on it a little bit and how you were asked to answer for it down there in Brazil. But what's the difference in Brazil? I mean, the volleyball culture there, both indoors and out, is huge. And it seems like it's only growing and getting bigger inside of your country. Uh, the culture, yes. Uh, we are very passionate um country when you in terms of um support and uh public and media it's a it's a sport that brings a lot of medals so that's really good for uh sponsors and of course media and um and it shows tons you know the more you win the more you're on tv so people know who you are and stuff like that um if is it growing? They try to make it grow. Are we liking the changing the changes? Not not really, to be honest. But 
you know, you um, you can't do anything. You have to, um, as I heard before, you know, you somebody's throwing a party. They invite who they want, and if you if you're not invited, you have to make your way out there. So that's pretty much how uh, things are being done over here right now. How do you think the the election of Ari Grassa is going to affect the state of Brazilian volleyball, both beach and indoor? Um, <laughs> such a delicate um subject. Um, Let's not get you in trouble. Huh? Let's not get you in trouble. Oh, I'm I'm already in trouble. I'm not in trouble, but um, I'm already not in the uh, in the in the pot, as we say over here. So it doesn't make a lot of difference for me. Uh, he is uh, a visionaire, and um, but we, as of right now, in my opinion, I don't think everybody can see like he sees it, and that's why we're having a hard time. We don't see the changes as being a great thing, but he's done so much for our sport and has grown so much that um, maybe it could be a great thing down the road. Uh, him going to the FIVB, for us Brazilians, we don't know if, if that's a good or bad thing, <laughs> honestly, because he's not really gone because he still works from his office in Brazil, mostly. Well. I guess we'll have to wait and see, and history will tell us whether it was a good thing or not for the sport of volleyball and for the sport there in Brazil, one of the real hotbeds of volleyball in the world. Priscilla Lima, thanks very much for joining us. Maybe one day you'll get back here to the United States. We'll have something to offer you here in the latter part of your beach career. Oh, I'm back. Every summer I'm there. Don't you worry. I cannot leave that country. I love it to death, and I have people that I make friends with, and I'm part of their families, and I'm very uh, thankful to be able to have this opportunity. Thank you guys so much. Jeremy, thank you for getting in touch with me. Geeter, I miss you. Nobody says my name like you. <laughs> you too. Good luck over there. We'll be thinking about you. Thank you, guys. All right, Priscilla Lima checking in from Brazil. Yeah, she said she'll be back here. I hope that we have a tour for her to come back to and really spend some professional quality time on. That's still up in the air. We all know that. The Net Live here on a Monday. Still much more to come. Bill Ferguson will join us for ABCA Coaches Corner, and we also have the College Volleyball Weekly. In addition to the uh, gr- the Grammys wrap-up, one member of our staff was there. There. Guess which one? Present. Although not on his own merits. He was getting carried. <laughs> we'll have those details for you in a moment. The Net Live right back. I feel hate. 
And I will wait, I will wait for you Welcome back into the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine, playing one of one of everyone's favorite groups in this room. I, I really like Mumford and Sons. Jeremy, you were saying they were awesome at the Hollywood Bowl. I was thinking about it. I think they actually played on my birthday. I believe that was May 14th. And my wife had offered to take me, and I said no, and I feel bad about it now. That guy's yeah. 26? Idi- idiot. Thank you. I deserve that one, Jeremy. I don't always deserve what I get, but that time I do. Marcus Mumford, 26? We're having we're having discussion about the Lakers in here, and I'm, it's inevitable with McGee next to us and just the upheaval huh? that's gone on. I missed the whole thing. Sorry, I was reading an article. Sorry. Yeah, you're reading about the Lakers. Kevin Ding, OC Register. And the upheaval that's going on with that team. And Man, oh, man. What a mess. We don't get you in trouble. Can't can't have you get in trouble with nope. your job there at Time Warner. But I can get in trouble. It's a debacle. It is a debacle. Dwight, Dwight Howard, all of a sudden, no good. He should never utter the word Superman again. That's for sure. System. System center? No, it's the wrong system. Oh. It's the wrong system? Nobody can hear me, man. I don't have a mic. <laughs> well, get your guy. We're, we're going to headset here. Not the answer, but 
I mean, wasn't he wasn't he kind of dominant when he was in Orlando and they went to the finals? I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, Jeremy, but it goes a lot deeper than that. I agree. He agrees. <laughs> but nobody can hear me. Nobody yeah, can hear good. Me. Good. Dustin speaks for Jeremy. Yeah, I translate. So Northridge smashed. Smashed. Pepperdine. Pep, again. This happened last year. 3-2. Smashed them. 3-2. Magic and what the, was the score? I believe there were two deuce sets in there. I know from ninety to ninety four they were nine and two. Drink. Uh, not sure <laughs> what they've been lately, but I feel like uh, it's it's. I'm undefeated to against the Ridge. Never I, even came close. I don't think they even. What won a years set. were those, by the way? Ninety five to ninety seven. I don't know about that. Undefeated. No, I don't know that we lost. Oh yeah, set. great. Ninety seven, we didn't have a program. We'd have re- no, that was later. ourselves from hell. That was ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, they canceled it. Yeah, they would come back lost. It was the everybody. next year. Jeez, it was the next year. You had Dan Nash, Jason. Hughes. Oh, that's right. They didn't test in volleyball back then. Remain would have been done. So you guys wouldn't. Have. Those are all forfeited. <laughs> oh, easy with John Bear. Didn't you guys cheat a lot? I saw John. I saw the steroids. I saw the vials. How many personally. wins have have has Pep had to forfeit? Oh, for like last year's stuff. Yeah. Good question. I don't know yeah, the answer. Probably a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't going on when I was there. I paid some hefty bills when I was at Pepperdine. You know, that four and a half scholarship thing. There's no free ride for men's volleyball players. Uh, Ed Bond just weighed in that you absolutely did not go undefeated against them. He played during your years. Well, he, no caught, chance. he caught the beginning of years. Ed was mine. No Ed, chance. Ed he's thinking of my brother. He was young during my years. He's, he's thinking of my brother. Hold on. I'm going to look up. Now I've got oh, text rolling in. Oh, please do not waste. Our audience's time with you <laughs> looking up old Barnett stats. Right. Well, Either know him or don't know him. Bring That's in our part next of the guest job, then. He's guys. in early. Let's get our next guest in early because I'm going to look it up. It's who is it? Play the the uh, coach's corner music. Wait, though. Fergie's coming in now. Yeah. So, you know, I, I told you this I'm earlier. I'm shutting you down. I'm tired Hold of on, real quick. On. You We're can, moving on. You can you can introduce Bill, but I want to say one thing. The difference between me, our relationship and my relationship with Bill is Bill and I have won together. You and I have done nothing. <laughs> I don't even play volleyball anymore. Mic drop. Mic drop, walk off. I felt yeah. like Randy Watson. That's a walk off. I felt like Randy Watson. He's coming just, to America right now. Did you just announce sexual chocolate? <laughs> yeah. Give it up, ball. Visual. Chocolate. It's just a bond. When you, when you win with someone, there's a bond that's always there and can't be broken. I'm going to look it up right now. nothing I'm, but lose together. I'm looking up all time. Lose. What's this Bring show? This show's a big in, loss for please. you? You know, the, freaking, the internet doesn't even go back past 2004. The internet doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I, you can't even get video of me playing. I, I never even played, ladies and gentlemen. Never happened. It's on videotape. Somewhere. I can't believe that ninety six percent of the show has been volleyball. Yeah, last yeah, week we had our best show ever, and it was only ten percent volleyball. Well, let, let's talk surfing. Will you please tell? Let's talk surfing. Dustin's line before we go to Fergie. What his line was when we got when we went to break. Let's, is, let's have Dustin say it. Don't have me say it. Oh, okay, we went to break after yeah. Priscilla Lima. What what did you tell the group? I think that's enough volleyball for the show today. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're way over our. Quota no, right right and the room concurred. Yeah, we might be into next week already. Surfing, we should let Dustin introduce Bill Ferguson. I think he did a real nice job wow. with Natalie Haglin. Good call. He does the broadcast. He's an all Trojan. It's an all Trojan deal here. Yeah, bring him in. Coach's corner music. Failed under Pat Powers when he was senior there. They had a terrible team, so let him redeem himself. You were. Yeah, let's let's talk about Pat Powers for a while. Yeah, that, that'd Bunch be a little... underachievers. You guys were. Uh, wow. Yay. I'm Ouch. sorry, man. I, I announced and I felt like it is. You I, did I, announce. You I were... love that. That's team. where you got your. Start. A lot of my little friends were on that team. Yeah, man, were... you guys underachieved. I went to yeah. a camp that Pat, Pat Powers taught once. Once. You can get uh, his instructional videos on YouTube if you like. Have you, you... sat in? <laughs> no. 
Holy cow. Let's let's go uh, before I get myself in trouble. Right. Here we go. Yeah, is he in there? In the queue? It's his seventh year as the head coach of the USC men's volleyball team, and all he's done is go to the final four, three out of the last four seasons, winning two ABCA National Coach of the Year awards. Started his career out as one of the youngest club coaches around, reigniting the Palisades Volleyball Club and winning quite a few titles at the junior level as the head coaching associate of the world at SCVC. He was an accomplished youth surfer, which you would know. I've got you, pictures. He went into his office. He's got the board there. And I'm going to throw him up on Twitter right now. Paddle around with Facebook. his ape gloves and everything. Daughter to, he has a beautiful daughter, Blake, and a beautiful wife, Bren. And just want to say hello and welcome in Trojan coach, Bill Ferguson. Well done. Thank you. Pretty good. I thought he did a good job. Uh, he nailed it, man. Now we're fourth man. Uh, Got into the family and the whole deal. Eric, how's it going? Good. So it's like all Trojans all the time today. A lot of Trojans. I'm trying to take over here, and uh, I got I uh, had Natalie earlier. Got you on now. Fergie, I was trying to tell Kevin that he and I just never have the fun. We never want anything together. Uh, It's not explained to the people. You're cutting in and out on me. I don't know uh, connection-wise, but I, I I heard you lead in about there. There is kind of it's it's funny. There's a bond. Um, God, it goes back to like my high school days at Pally. There were guys that were that we won a, a city title with. That we don't talk all the time, but when we see each other, it's like it was you know ten minutes ago. And uh, same thing with you with uh, winning those two. Uh, at LA Athletic Club in '97 and '99, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty neat thing, and it's something that's difficult to describe. You for the kids that go to SC and spend the time there uh, to to have that kind of. I mean, when you go through battles, as you said you you it's just form. Real special thing. I think that's what's great about sport. Maybe it goes underrated a lot about sport. Yeah, when you, when you go through adversity with somebody. Um, and, and, you know, I guess achieve through that, um, yeah, you, you do have a special bond and, and it's funny. I, you know, we had alumni day a couple of weeks ago and a lot of the guys that were on the team when I first took over were here and, uh, we weren't necessarily that great, but, uh, I think the guys appreciated the, the, the sense that they were part of that group that started the turnaround and uh so there's a there's a cool bond with those guys and and one that you know I feel real close to those guys because of that yeah fergie uh how did you go about what was the strategy that you had coming in seven years ago to turn the program around uh obviously it was a long vision but trying to do it in yeah it well part of it was win right away or else Mike was gonna fire me <laughs> um but uh no, there was no grand plan of hey, this is going to be a four-year, five-year, whatever. You know, there's too much fluidity in, in recruiting and coaching and in athletics. I think to really be able to do that, and we just went in it with the mentality of there is no option other than we have to be good. We have to be 
good as quick as we possibly can. And, and because it's SC, we have to be good in a certain way. Um, and we just looked at it as we're going to just work our, our, our butts off to do that as quick as possible. We don't care who's on the floor. Um, you guys, we need to win right now. We need to do things. And it began with process. That that was always the the first thing was was let's just do everything right, and that will come. And uh, I remember telling Mike, you know, he my first meeting with with Mike uh, Garrett, our then athletic director. You know, he looked at me. He goes, "Can we win?" <laughs> And, you know, this is a guy that, that he, you know, there's no banners at our school for making the Final Four. <laughs> uh, you either win a national championship or, or really you don't. It's kind of like the Barney thing. You either win or you suck. And um, You're doing a job if you don't win a championship. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, for Mike, you know, I, I just had to logically just look him, look him in the eye and say, we will be good. Mike, I can't tell you exactly when. But we're going to be good, and my thought at the time was we could have been good, and in, in, in I thought initially we were going to be good my second year, drop off a little bit in year three, and then really hit the scene in year four. Well, year two um, was the freshman year of, like, Murphy, Troy, Troy, Bourne, Austin, Zahn, Riley McKibben, all those guys, and they were still in there with Jimmy Killian, Juan Figueroa, Andrew Vernon, uh, that crew, uh, and Hunter Kern, I think, was a sophomore. And so we actually were were real good at the end of the year. We just had a, you know, we lost in the 7-8 play in that year in, in a five-setter. And then year three uh, was the year where we really hit the scene. We got we got real good at the end of the year. We had ended up moving Murphy to, to the opposite, and Tri had, Triborn had gotten healthy and come in and outside, and that's, largely when we were able to make our stamp on things. But the bottom line in every one of those years, all we talked about was process and doing things correctly and, you know, as, as well as we could have. And that's, uh, you know, we still preach the same thing now. Bill, one of the things you've worked on, I know, is promoting your program. Being a part of the university is more than just winning. It's also about how your athletes are perceived on campus, how your, how your program is on campus. What have you guys done to value? Um, you know, for us, again, it, it's it's about doing things the right way. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, we we have a a little deal around here. It's kind of like our constitution. It's like you know, our goal is to try to be above reproach, academically, athletically, and socially. And if, you know, that may be, you know, really difficult to attain, but uh, it's something that we strive for. And for each guy in our program, the, each of those three is a little bit, you know, achieving, you know, being above reproach is, if that's even said correctly, um, you know, is, is done in, in different ways and, uh, and, and to different levels. So, for one guy above approach academically, you know, if a guy is a, you know, a, a B minus student, you know, getting a, you know, getting an A minus might be above approach for him. Um, you know, it's, it is, we try to look at everything as being fluid, give guys guidelines to try to achieve the best they can and, and all the way around. And, and we, we stress the academic thing. We stress how you know how they carry themselves, how they look, um, 
you know, we feel like if you're paying attention to all the little things all the time, then those little things usually end up creating, you know, the big and the final product. And uh, it, it's so far it's working. We we were actually the had the highest GPA of any men's team here in the athletic department in the fall semester. Um, and we're real proud of that because we had, gosh we had like seven or eight fresh first year guys here. So you know that's one example of how it, it kind of permeates into everything. It hasn't it hasn't gone into enough wins yet on the floor, but it will in time. We're real confident of that. So. Um, just carrying themselves the right way, making sure they, you know, making sure they look well, making sure they know how to talk to people, uh, making sure they're doing well in class and supporting other teams in the department. Um, all little things like that are huge. Our, you know, we had our first women's lacrosse match in the history of the school on Saturday, and our whole team was there. Um, they're our actual sister team, and one thing the department does is they kind of marry off a men's and a women's team, and they so that they go support each other at their, you know, at their competitions throughout the year. So, um, you know, so that's another way that that, that they get out and they see people. So, uh, you know, it, you know, if our guys are carrying themselves and doing the right thing at a at a lacrosse game, you know, those boosters and 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 supporters that are at that at that game that maybe are not interested in volleyball, they, they take notice and that's, that's a good thing. And then it just snowballs from there. I know you guys have put a lot of thought into a motto for each season. Tell us about how that process gets pushed forward. Who does it? And Well, we work with a guy named, uh, Dr. Mike Voigt. Um, he's, a he's a sports psychologist by trade. Um, for us, He's maybe not doing so much of that, but he's doing more team building and more leadership training for our captains uh, and developing a leadership program for them. Um, he comes in a couple times a year. He also meets with our captains via Skype. Um, you know, he, he works with our women's volleyball program here as well, um, has for a, a long time. Um, and I know Jarrett's using him over in Texas and has for a long time. Actually, that relationship started when, when Jarrett was here. Um, and Mike, you know, we sit down with Mike and, and our captains, and we all brainstorm about, you know, without the captains first, what, what kind of things that we want out of our captains. And that changes on a year-to-year basis depending on our personnel and our experience level. And um, and he helps uh identify with the captains we've come up with like a 26 part uh identification system of leadership so you know in essence at the beginning of the year we give all our guys this sheet where it's got a blank space and it basically they're supposed to match you know and it, next to that space it has a characteristic of leadership and uh you know our guys are supposed to plug in the name of the person on our team that best exemplifies that particular one and then you you know you end up with this list of Sometimes it's, you know, maybe two or three guys, maybe sometimes it's one or two, sometimes there's a, a lot of different guys. And we do that at the beginning so that that gets into the mindset of our guys right away and they start, they, they've seen it on paper in front of them. So when they're in the gym and something, you know, somebody exemplifies one of those characteristics, all of a sudden they're taking mental note of it. And they're helping identify what are important leadership characteristics and traits. And uh, we use that later in the year to vote for captains. We we wait until 
the end of the fall to actually vote for our captains because we feel like they need to have earned it. Um, and they have the whole fall as their audition, you know, audition to lead our team. Um, typically there's about sometimes two, sometimes maybe four or five guys that have been in the program while they understand what to do and, you know, open gyms and those kinds of things. So they're able to start doing that and prove themselves to their teammates. Um, and then, you know, throughout that process, uh, Mike helps our guys, you know, we can tell our guys what we want, but, you know, unless it's in their words, it's going to be kind of difficult for them to understand. You know, we have a, you know, kind of a four, four piece mantra, you know, is like a staff or whatever that I put together. They're like the principles of what we always want to do. And that's, you know, serve tough ball control, game plan, defense, game plan, offense. We got to do those four things every time for us to be good. But, to a 19-year-old kid, he may be able to plug himself and our team into those things, but that's not their words. Um, so they they sit down and they brainstorm and they figure out what's going to be their mantra or their identity, and uh, and they they go about it and uh, and that's how uh, they come up with a few buzz terms, and then we actually end up putting that on a poster and. Uh, and put that in the in the locker room. So it's on the inside door of the locker room and the inside door of the lounge. So when they leave the locker room and the lounge, they they see it every day, and that puts it in their words. And um, it it usually means a little bit more to them when it's theirs. And this year, pardon me. What's the phrase this year? Uh we keep that kind of under wraps until uh, I gave you the last couple of years. <laughs> um. It's something that's kind of our teams and it's personal. So uh, I'll tell you that next year. But to give you, uh, you know, give you an idea, um, last year I'm, I'm pulling out what it was. I'm sort of in the Monday fog already. <laughs> um, some of them have been like every day. Uh, we is greater than the me. Um, those are some some buzz terms that we've had in the past. Um, uh, you know. They, a lot of things, times it talks about like coachability, uh, maturity. You know, lot, you know, it's usually like three or four single team, uh, you know, single term type things. Last year was interdependent uh, for respect and practice, um, and you know, the year before was uh, every day. We's greater than the me. You know, those kinds of things. So, um, and we put that. Uh, we put that at the top of every scouting report, um, so it's there. We, you know, so that they know that we see it and understand it. Um, and uh, you know, largely, what Mike does is he helps us communicate. You know, helps all of us communicate <laughs> with each other, not only from staff to to the team to the captains. Um, we meet with our captains usually once a week. Um, and just go over, you know, is there anything we need to know? Is there, you know, how's the vibe of the team? Is, you know, captains usually try to identify folks on our team that, you know, need to, you know, maybe there's somebody that's not as much of like a, you know, maybe more of a loner or something. So, you know, they reach out to them a little bit more. Hey, how's it going? What's what's going on off the court? Um, it's all it's all a mechanism to help us be as tight as we possibly can with one another. You mentioned Mike Floyd, and we've talked with other coaches about the incorporation of a mental trainer or a sports psychologist program. If you were talking to a young coach who's looking to incorporate that, 
advise them to look for that type of individual? How I I lost you a little bit through the question. Um, yeah, where should they look for an individual like Mike Voigt? Gosh, I I don't know where they look for him. I I would think you know most coaches you know tend to have a mentor, and you know I would talk to that mentor and find out you know if there's somebody that's you know coming up and coaching through my club and talking to to myself about uh, you know getting into it. Yeah, I'd give him Mike's you know information uh i'd maybe talk to other coaches in the league that i knew like hey do you know a good sports psych guy i got somebody that's real interested and you know you use your network that way i would say um because at the end of the day you're if you're doing this to make a living a you've got to make a living and support yourself and your family but your your first priority is to provide the best environment and and experience for the people on your on your team and in and for your athletic department and so that's an important deal so you've got to talk to somebody that you trust that's had experience with you know working with somebody or at least somebody that has a connection with somebody you know so that you know you're getting a good person and, and someone you can trust because it's you know it's scary stuff when you're letting someone else into your your family essentially um, so you, th- these people have to be um, exceptionally good at what they do, and you, you have to have an exceptional level of trust in those people to let them into your circle. I'm also available, Kevin, if, for those younger coaches if they want to. one 800 Yeah, Fergie, uh, the first month of this season, obviously a little rougher than the past couple. Seen from the on-the-court stuff, you guys have tinkered with the lineup a little bit. <laughs> Not by choice. <laughs> Maybe a, gone with two liberos. I mean, a little bit about uh, you, you know those decisions and, and what your biggest challenges are on the court. With yeah, health, a lot of it has been health driven. Um, you know, if you look at the beginning of the year, you know, ball drops last year. We go and you know start thinking about this year, and we got you got Madison McKibben who's, you know, likely going to come back and, and be a starter as an outside hitter. Um, and, uh, you know, been a three-year starter for parts of or most of his first three years here. Um, and then uh, and then Henry Cassidy, who's an All-American libero. <laughs> and then we're thinking, okay, we've got a stable of, you know, Joey Booth, who's a third-year guy, you know, Richard sophomore, who's starting to get it but is coming off an injury uh who is limited most of the fall um you know christian rivera who's a sophomore who's you know kind of it's his opportunity to step up austin rizik who's a redshirt freshman his opportunity to kind of step in so you figure you got those two stable pieces in your serve receive line and then you plug the third guy in it's you know everything's fairly you know everything's going to be a lot smoother for that third guy well Maddie gets a stress fracture and is out for the year. Yeah, you know, Henry got hurt his hip at the end of the year and had surgery and uh, is not in. So all of a sudden we go from having two of the three most stable serve reception guys in the league to um, Alex Slot and, and Brooks Varney. And God bless them, they're, tr- they're both true freshmen. Um, and uh, they've been two out of the three guys throughout most of our serve receive pattern. So... Um, They've been doing a wonderful job of, of jumping in a little earlier than we'd planned for when we recruited them and, and got them in here. 
Um, it, so they've been doing great. So now you have the cumulative effect of, you know, two-thirds of your guys knowing exactly what's going on and how to be to all three of these guys all trying to find their way together. And that in this league, that's tough because there's just too many good players and, and coaches to – to really have to be able to kind of find your way through the dark. Um, so that's been part of it, you know, and then uh, Joey Booth stepped up and was real good for us uh, against uh, UC Irvine and against Stanford. And with like the last three or four points, Joey sprained his ankle against Stanford. And uh, so he wasn't real good. He wasn't able to really go at full bore against Pacific and, uh, Pacific played well, and, and they were the better team that night. And uh, we've been just trying to, to find our way in the lineup. It's been uh, Christian one night. You know, he came in and played great against Long Beach the other night. And uh, Austin Rizek's had a couple good outings. And Slot has been okay. Um, had a couple good attacking nights, a couple really good passing nights. Hasn't seemed to put both phases together yet. Um, so we're getting there. Um, we're really, I mean, we're going to be fine. There's no question the, the the road to get there is going to be a little bumpy here. Um, but we, we have a, a ton of faith in our guys and we're just going to keep loving them up and coaching them up and it's going to hit here pretty quick. Um, uh, Joey is due back in the next two weeks as is Henry. And we feel like that is going to st- stabilize things a little bit. One would hope. And uh, and if that happens, then I think everything will settle down a little bit more. I mean, Tanner Jansen's doing great. He's hitting 343 out of the opposite position over the last three matches. And that's knowing he's going to get the lion's share of the sets. Um, our middles are, are playing fantastic. And, you know, they're, you know, Feathers is hitting over 500 and Ben Lamb's hitting over, you know, close to 400 over the last three matches. So we're getting production there and getting production on the right side. So. If if we uh, if we get a little bit of stability on the left, then we're going to start really uh, make you know making a dent here. But uh, first third of the season is going to be rough. We feel like middle third we're going to start to to push and get better, and in the final third of the season we feel like it's going to be our time to really start galvanizing and really make a run. Yeah, awesome, Fergie. You're going to earn your money this year, buddy. Thanks for thanks for coming coming on to the net live once again. We always enjoy hearing from you. Look forward to following your team the rest of this season. Anything's possible in NPSF here. Yes, absolutely, baby. And I love the all Trojan all 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 the all the time today. Keep for, it up. For, you know we're gonna have you on in March, buddy. Excellent. April. All right. March, April, May. Uh, hey, whenever I love it. Uh, you know, even if uh, we stink it up, I'd be happy to come on. But uh, no, we're we feel really good about who we got. We got some great talented character guys, and uh, we'll be good when it counts. Thanks, Fergie. Thanks, Fergie. Later, Thanks, brother. guys. All right. Bye. Ferguson checking out from USC. And we're going to keep this, this vibe rolling with College Volleyball Weekly. We're going to stay right in. Do you have an old Milwaukee volleyball. hat? No, Jeremy's telling me we have to switch some stuff. He's, Do you have an old Milwaukee hat on? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. This, this looks like the weathered look. Yeah. Some old lady at the store came Brand new, by the way. Said, yeah, she, goes, lids. she goes, you must really love that hat. <laughs> Thought you bought it that way. She's got or a brand new. Yeah, that I had it for like ever. Yeah. Thanks, lady. All right, Jeremy, play us off for a second. We're gonna be right back with College Volleyball Weekly. Jay and Mike fighting it out. <sighs> Break time.
Welcome back into the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. Thanks very much to Volleyball Magazine for their support of this show, as well as the Spire Institute and the ABCA. We'd also be remiss we didn't mention the Hurley shirts. They're almost gone. DJ Roche, how many? <laughs> About sub-15 or so. If you want to get some Net Live t-shirts, it's Vala Clothing, V-A-L-A Clothing.com, and they are $10. This is a high-quality shirt. We're not messing around. You it's know, a good shirt. Reed almost went to SE. So it's, this is almost an all-SE day. Almost. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. we're reading the queue, but we got to move on Howard, to College Power Weekly. Almost so we're going to go over Reed, the CEO of the company? <laughs> we have to. We're wow, on a schedule that's, here. That's gnarly. He'll understand. And he's I on completely Skype, disagree and with that. And he's doing fine. I don't know. Ed Bond was right. We lost once to Northridge back in 1996. Ed Bond, he's always right. Kudos, Ed Bond. In association with an association, each week we present the College Volleyball Weekly, brought to you by the American Volleyball Coaches Association. The best of what was and a preview of what will be, and really just a, a mono-a-mono grudge match between our correspondents, Jay Hasek and Mike Sonheimer. Gentlemen, you're going to have to just take it, because I think our sound has been so bad. Take it. <laughs> well, we know it's definitely not a USC show now. That's right. It is not the USC show. So, uh, Fergie, go find another phrase for the year, and we'll uh, and we'll take over from here. Yeah, I think we have to start out with what happened with Ohio State and Penn State over the weekend. I, I, I'd like seen, I don't out, think we've seen those results. I'd like to find out what happened with UCLA and Cal Baptist and BYU. I think that's the bigger story this year. So, uh, let's start with that one, Hassandi. Huh, uh, Cal Baptist has uh, now beaten the defending national champions, UC Irvine. They've also beaten UCLA, and they get their shot at USC on Thursday, and uh, they could probably beat Penn State the way they're playing these days. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, Cal Baptist is very good this year. They're very good. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, they're real good, and BYU is very tough at home, and uh, UCLA has got to bounce back and beat the Hawaii's this week. USC's got four straight at home, and you know it's very possible USC and UCLA won't even make the MPSF tournaments if they don't get going. I mean, USC's got Baptist, BYU, then they play UCLA in a TV match on Monday, and then Santa Barbara, and USC probably needs to win at least two, if not three of those four, or they're going to put themselves in trouble. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Let's also talk about two other wins. I thought they were pretty big this week. UOP beating UC San Diego at home, and uh, UOP seems to be making a little turn on the corner here. We've been talking a little bit about them earlier on this year and saying, hey, they, they've, they've had some really nice changes in the lineups. They've really matured as a group, and you know, Coach Wartman and Coach uh, Carson doing a nice job up there helping that program with a really good win. Also, uh, Northridge Pepperdine. beating Pep, Northridge, that's yeah. a huge win for yeah. CSUN. And uh, Lee's McRae, uh, everybody talks about this Division II team out in Carolina, beating St. Francis, uh, Division I team here in our conference, 3-1. to one. That's a nice win for Lee's McRae. So, All right, can we get back to where we started with what happened with Penn State and Ohio State? Especially, yeah. I mean, that was special. Yeah, we can. Uh, Ohio State, obviously, uh, a very good team. And unless we forget, they won it two years ago. So No question uh, about that. Did they not, beat the semis that year? No. Uh, yeah, they beat us in the semis, actually. Not, uh, okay. No, no jab needed there. And, uh, you know, they came in this weekend and, and put together a good game plan, and we just did not execute. We were up a few points in every game and uh, just kind of let them rattle them off. So, unfortunately, uh, we were not able uh, to pull it out this weekend, so it was a little tough. Yeah, I mean, you guys still have tough, though, because you get middle blockers to learn to be outside hitters, and that makes it, you know, still take to take time till the end of the year to get them really situated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So hats off to Ohio State. They played well. Uh, our guys will regroup this week, and we'll be uh, we'll be okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I thought the other thing was UC Irvine going into Stanford and beating Stanford in four sets. And then Stanford switched setters the next night. Stavertlich started over um, James Shaw the next night when they ended up beating San Diego. 
Yeah, that's huge. Um, let's also talk about George Mason beating Princeton. Uh, that's big because Princeton came out here and beat Santa Barbara and played well. So yeah, absolutely, and that and that goes into the whole uh, the whole talk that's been this year of parity in uh, not only the MPSF but in every other conference. And uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things. Uh, Mason's maturing a little bit, and Princeton obviously is very good. So uh, you know, conferences all across the board are having uh, a little bit of a struggle with teams that they normally thought that they should be beating, and uh, and teams picking it up. So kudos to George Mason on a good win there. Yeah, yeah in, most, in most cases, most of the upsets are taking place on the team's home court. And the home court right now when two teams are pretty similar is a big advantage. And next year, all these teams are going to be bigger and stronger. So it really means this year is a chance to get somebody that you might not be able to get next year. Absolutely. I hear somebody in the studio saying something. What's going on, guys? Completely lost control of the show. I love how we can just wind you guys up and let you. <laughs> I want to wind you up a little more about this Northridge win. What's up, Keith? Are we not hammering him a little more about this? I mean, Northridge is playing really well. Well, yeah. we got talking, I, I was trying to ask you if it was just a complete beatdown. Two deuces. You know what? In Pep's eyes, that's a beatdown. So uh, good for you, Northridge, for uh, for beat down on uh, for the beatdown on Pep. Well, Pep had a letdown after beating Long Beach. I mean, you know, it's like playing Northridge after Long Beach is really a tough to get up for. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin will say that. Why aren't you, are you, are you decorating the office right now with some Northridge stuff, Gita? Are you hanging up some banners? What's going on? Now, it's just amazing to me, though, how we have dominated the PH Malibu rivalry that we have. That, I mean, oh they rat- come from the valley. Really, we just go over Lost Virginia's Canyon. And I, and I, I swear, <laughs> I keep. <laughs> over the last 20 years, it's, it's been embarrassing what we've done with that program. And, and, and listen, I know they've cheated, and they have, to, they have to forfeit a ton of wins. And I'm fine. I still think they're a great program. Uh, we have cheated, uh, and we just continue to dominate them. And, and I think Jeff Campbell and everyone else affiliated with Northridge deserves a little credit for that, and, and, and I'll let you guys go for the next seven minutes. Absolutely, and let's and let's not forget, maybe you should change the name to Nordoff State. I think that might actually be a little boost in the arm, too. Well, I think we'll find out. Northridge has to play Stanford this weekend, and Stanford has you know a very good offensive attack on the pins, and, this, and Northridge has not really been a great blocking team, so I think it's going to be a real good challenge to see you know what happens when they come down here and play, and Battle Long Beach also, and then we've got to look you know, it's like I say, UCLA-Hawaii. Hawaii played great back at home. I mean, they swept Pepperdine. They almost beat Stanford twice, and they're coming in with a new lineup playing real well, and I think Hawaii's coming out here with a chance to establish themselves as an MPSF contender. Yeah, here's a, que- here's a question for you, Sandy. Sorry, Barney, I just cut in on you. But does does Stanford stay with Stavertlick at Sutter, or do they go back to James Shaw? I think you have to go with Stavertlick, who... You know, one is match, and then when he's not ready, you bring Shaw back in. But I kind of like to see, I think Stanford's short one hitter, I like to kind of see Shaw playing opposite. I think that's the lineup to do. Zivert Lick setter, Shaw opposite, and then have Irvin and Cook on the pins and see how that works. Hmm. That would be, be the change I'd make if I was coaching up there for John. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen up here. I'm going to set the record straight because I, there's an asterisk in here. Pepperdine's program has to do with the, the whole issue of cheating. forfeiting games. Yeah, cheating. But all. <laughs> Northridge. Pepperdine is 53-20 and 20 against Northridge. And that includes never losing a match from 97, my last year, by the way, all the way through 2003. So, there you go. Have you guys ever the seen behind the music? One, two, it's called the dark years. Four, <laughs> Unfortunately, I can tell you, everything changes. We hadn't lost to, you still hadn't lost to San Diego for the first, you know, 50 years. UC San Diego was in the UC system. But, you know, lately, you know, Kevin Ring's done a great job down there. You've seven matches, no, six matches since 1997, Chris McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
Hey, how many times has Northridge beaten beaten uh, Penn State? I think it's zero. Oh. Oh. Uh, Northridge, no. We smashed them three straight in 43 minutes in the 1993 <laughs> National Semifinal. Drink. Everyone remembers. What, what happened, though, in the NCAA semifinals at Stanford a couple years ago? Mm. Uh, and, and I was upset, and, 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 uh, and they blew I mean, it. was your pregame talk like you did for Texas all those years until you changed it this year? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this I year, wish the sound issues would get fixed. I hate having I know, I know. It would be so good because you guys cut me. out. I know. All right. Should, I, I'll tell you what, Barney. Should I should I give back the generous gift that you guys gave me this weekend so that we can help fix the sound issues? I will. Yeah, that's maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> and here the sound issues go again. It's <laughs> great to talk to you. Give us something to look forward to this week, and I'll, I'll let you know before you do that. The poll this past week uh, is out again. Finally, someone stopped voting for Penn State. It's BYU and Irvine tied. Eight votes apiece for first place, 246 points, followed by Stanford, Long Beach, Pepperdine, Ohio State, UCLA tied for sixth, and Cal State, Northridge, Penn State, USC at number 10. Cal Bap at 11, tied with Pacific. So I don't know who it was, but they finally rectified that vote, or maybe just took it away and gave it to somebody else. Well, if, if you if you read the volley talk, uh, you know about men's volleyball. It was definitely a coach in our conference, but it was not Pav. And uh, so, uh, unfortunately, uh, your theory is wrong. We did not vote for ourselves. You know that Pav would never do that uh, unless it was warranted. So that puts that out. Matches for this week. Go ahead, Jeff. I will go first uh, for the Midwest ones. Um, Obviously, we are going out to play Harvard. I'm going to be looking at that match, see how our guys rebound. I'm looking at IPFW at Ball State. Ball State suffered its first loss of the season so far against Grand Canyon last weekend. So I'm going to see how they rebound with uh, Arnie's Army. Uh, I'm going to be looking at Stanford, Long Beach State, and Northridge. And I'm really going to be looking at UCLA, Hawaii. I, I'm really interested to see if Hawaii can continue on the road as well as they've, as they've been playing at home. So I'm going to be watching that match. Yeah, I agree, and I think you have to really look this week, um, as Fergie was talking about, USC is home, Cal Baptist is playing great, USC's got to beat Cal Baptist on Thursday, see what happens at BYU, and then I think they're going to have to beat the Bruins on Monday to really, and then beat Santa Barbara to win three out of four to put themselves back in the MPSF race. I mean, it's going to take eight or nine wins to maybe just even make the MPSF. It's so balanced after the first two. And And the beauty of that whole scenario is, Everybody will be within two games probably by the end of the year, with the, with the exception of maybe the bottom two teams, of making exactly. that eighth playoff spot. So it's going to be a fun year to watch. Yeah, definitely. Cool. gentlemen. Yep. always appreciate your contribution to the show and your ability to take over. Mike and Jay on College Volleyball Weekly. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks you guys. Have a good week. All right. The guy's checking out. Jeremy over here frustrated by the sound quality. I know. I know. We're working on it. Makes no sense when you have a caller. The caller actually overrides the studio completely back. That is weird. It is fantastic. Just all weird. That we can just wind them up and let them go. Yeah. Pepperdine six and one postseason all time against Northridge. I blacked out for a second there. No way. Yeah. And I didn't know. You I, know where that I, one is though, right? You know where the one is. I didn't know. I actually led in digs Look both at my one. seasons at Pepperdine. That is astonishing to me. Don't remember digging any balls. <laughs> but yeah. maybe we just didn't dig at all. I was going through the whole Pepperdine uh, all-time stuff here. Pretty nice, pr- pretty nice program. Lots of stuff in there. <laughs> pretty nice program. Six six one. Well, that that typically is like an Antelope Valley type thing. That's uh, that's Reed Pretty or the one one one. I don't know. Supercross talk maybe. Six six one. No, we haven't talked Supercross at all. We ought to. San Diego was awesome. 
I don't know why you guys weren't there. I went to the PBR on Saturday. It's not quite Supercross. It's oh. professional, bull riding. Professional you see bull Craig riding. Hummer there? Craig Hummer. Was he there? No, I didn't see him. Would have loved to hook up, though. He's got quite the deal going with that. Taking over. Uh, I don't know if we need to talk about volleyball at all. We can move right on to the Grammys or the fact that Michael Vick is back with the Eagles. Or the fact that the Pope resigned. Yeah, the Pope going to resign. Don't think that doesn't have anything to do with the child sex scandal going on either. Claims it's his failing health. I don't buy it. Mm. How are the Grammys, Jeremy? <laughs> we'll give Jeremy a mic uh, in just a second. How about the Kobe effect on youth basketball? I've got a kid on my one of my kids' teams that he moves and acts just like Kobe, which, by the way, is not good for youth basketball. Who said that? Huh? That he moves and acts just like Kobe. You should watch him. He's watched way too much Kobe. He's got the arm sleeve going like Iverson. Is he the under- underman? He tries to do like this all like fake-out stuff. He's got four guys on him, doesn't pass the ball. A kid on the team? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. I just don't think it's good. Hmm. The me first attitude. We need a little bit more passing going on. Yeah. It's not going anywhere with you guys. More you know, magic. Computer. I mean, you got two iPhones out. iPhone 5. My, my wife went to Clark, Kevin. I'm, I'm dealing little, with that situation. I'm right a little now. jealous. Sorry. iPhone 5. A lot 5. going on around here, Kevin. <laughs> We've talked volleyball for a, a long time. In an hour and 35 minutes. We're done with it. I'm Talk about something off. else. Trying to get you off volleyball. How about my Pitchers and catchers? Yes, we haven't had a break in an hour. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. Who cares? Oh, wow. Freaking baseball. I mean, yeah, I love baseball. Would love to do Angels. Interesting <laughs> that you just switched your tune. Now mm. you think your boss from Fox might be listening. Yeah, right into first. Baseball. There you go. Yeah, I love baseball. I went right into first. You know what? I'm going to send sport. Tom a note. Tell him uh, Barney hates baseball. <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> I know. I would never. Don't be bitter ever. about that streak of I wins. Might. You weren't even there. I would your never. alma mater. I would never send that note. <laughs> I might send him a note. Tom knows I love you. Oh, man. We can't run out of topics here on the show. It just can't happen. Well, here's the thing. I have to go pick up Millie, so you guys kind of fade out when that happens every single Monday. <laughs> now, generally, we switch over to... Yep. Panic. To, we uh, stop talking Jeremy. about volley, finally. Because Geek just wants to talk about volley all the time. You know, let's get Jeremy in for the Grammys. Yeah, we should. Jeremy, uh, DJ Jeremy Ruscha attended. Actually, Actually there, you worked. Yeah. You worked on uh, Saturday evening, I believe. Uh, actually... Punching a clock for a while at a pre-Grammy party. Didn't you, didn't you get carried by your woman? First, welcome he, to the he's, show. He's been can waiting can for an hour and 35 Hold minutes. On. Welcome to the show, by the Justin. way. Justin. An yes. hour and 35 minutes Justin. waiting. Yes, Jeremy. Can I get an intro? <laughs> yeah, intro me. <laughs> Chairman and CEO of Vala Entertainment. From the East Coast to the Best Coast, he has been rocking... Volleyball courts around the nation since the early 90s. Now you can catch him at Staples Center up top for the Clippers games, Holly Pavilion. He gives himself the best intro music. Gives too. himself the best intro music of all time. He has like great size. Nicole's boyfriend. Say hello, Jeremy Rochette. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show today. Nicole's boyfriend. Strong finish. Glad I could call in and be on the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're clearly, you're clearly uh, not calling in because. Are you having you audio issues? Yeah, I'm having no. I can hear myself great. Thanks for the applause too. I'm just gonna let it keep rolling because yeah. I can. So uh, the best part of the show, Jeremy, you not only attended the Grammys last night. Correct, but, I was there. But let's talk about Saturday. Did you did you work an event it was as a, well? Yes, yeah, so it was a pre-Grammy party sponsored by Fender. Fender Stratocaster. Correct. Yeah. Um, my DJ booth was pimp. I had three guitars in front of me, and 
Every time somebody came up, I thought they were staring at me, but they were really staring at the guitars, <laughs> so nobody even knew I was there. Where was – was it like at a – It was a private event. Somebody rented out Insane bar. Mansion or something? Or? No, it was a bar Hollywood in – Hollywood Hills? Uh, yes, totally. Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Um, I was at a bar in Los Angeles, and uh, I got to play 60s, 70s, and Motown. That was my set, which is not something I normally get to play in club settings, but it was, so it was a different uh, it was a different vibe, and I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it seems like it'd be fun to get you out of your normal room. 100%. And I will tell you this. I don't know if it was because of the crowd or the music I was playing. Not one person came up and requested a song. And mm. Oh, interesting. Is that different because they're music people and they know not to do that? Or because they were just really enjoying what I was doing. I'm gonna take no, no Don Shane? No Don Shane, no Miley Cyrus, no Nicki Minaj. You said uh, you said you're set. So were there a bunch of DJs going on for an hour at a time or something? I had a UCLA basketball game, and the uh, party started at 9. So I had a buddy of mine, one of my DJs, opened up for me until I got there. Maybe another one of those Later. ball entertainment DJs? Another ball entertainment DJ. That's how we roll. Bye, Chris. Bye. Chris is leaving. Um, so that was a good time. So my Grammy weekend, I was, you know, out late Saturday night and then up early Sunday morning because we went to the pre-telecast for the Grammys as my girlfriend works for her boss is the music director, producer for the TV show Glee, but he also did all of the music for the Rock of Ages soundtrack. I don't know if you saw that movie did with not. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Don't worry about it. The music was the best part. Sure. Uh, but he was nominated for a Grammy. This was his third nomination. Did not win. Didn't win. Did not win. Uh, you get like a consolation like certificate? You get a pat on the back and you just get that recognition that you've been nominated for a Grammy. Three times. Three times. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we sat we sat through half of the pre telecast until they got to his award. He didn't win, then we bounced, went to lunch. At the state this is at Stable Center. At right? the pre telecast was at the theater, which is gotcha. across the street from Staples Center. That's where they do that because they're still setting up and stuff inside Staples. All the people are walking the red carpet across the street. Then we went to lunch for a little bit. And after that, then we walked across the street to Staples Center, and I sat up in the 300 section. Way up there. Way Almost up there. Almost as high as you usually are. That, you know what? I was like three rows down from where I normally sit. Yeah. So it felt like home. But it did feel weird walking into Staples in a suit and tie and not having to work. Yeah. I think Reed's getting a little grouchy. <laughs> Is he? Did he email us back? I got one that says, I'm in the queue. I don't Losers. Where is he? The 616? 661? 661? Try that one. 666? Well, <laughs> you, you thought he disappeared with the 111. I did. Hold on. Hold on. Is he trying to jump in on my Grammy talk? I don't, I don't know what he's trying to do. He's a music lover. Reed? Gentlemen. Hey! <laughs> it's a busy show. It's a what show? Busy show. And it's tough with callers because our sound is sucking today. Yeah, Blog Talk Radio, if you're listening, you're out. Yep. Sorry, we've we've been with you too long, and uh, we're not getting any love. Reed, did you watch the Grammys? I did not. Um, the only thing that I could access uh, time-wise, being a, uh, a husband and a father, is uh, the Pebble Beach Open all four and a half hours, four <laughs> days in a row. Husband, father, and half a world. <laughs> It sounded like a good time, you know, and, and, and the show was a good show, you guys. I mean, it was the Jay and Mike show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, do have a, I, I do have a correction. Uh, Barney said that he didn't realize that he led in digs. Uh, Barney was the guy that ran to the stat sheet table 
<laughs> immediately after the last point. So he knew exactly what he was doing on every match. Get that dig? Did you get? Did, that was a full dig. No, it wasn't a down ball. That was a full dig. I would actually challenge during the set. Uh, <laughs> did you get that? <laughs> all right. So Geter thought you were in Russia, but no, we actually all know that you're in Turkey. How's your season going? Actually, I am. No, no, I'm in. Uh, I'm in the Ukraine. Close enough. Speak the same language. Geter thought you were still playing for a Russian team. Yeah, Geter. <laughs> He's not as connected. Lately to uh, to us, but that's okay. He's uh, still showing up, and that's a good thing. But uh, yeah, we're here. We're here in the uh, Chef Cup. We got tomorrow night. Um, there's a ton of matches, and it's that time of year with Champions League and Chef Cup and top teams. Where um, for Champions League tomorrow, it's it's the uh, the final series of the final six. So all the winners tomorrow go to the final four. That's going to happen uh, in Omsk. Russia. So my old team, Nova Sibirsk, is hosting this year. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out must-see TV as it relates to volleyball, um, because there really isn't that much must-see TV if you're not a volleyball fan, but uh, these golden sets are must-see TV. And we've talked about it before, but when when you have to win two matches and it goes to that golden set where every single point uh, uh, matters and so much is on the line. It, it's really, really fun to watch, and it's sort of like the NFL Red Zone where they have it all on one one website and, and stream it. So laola one TV, uh, you could check out tomorrow. Don't look at me like that, Dustin. You got a question for Reed? Pretty, come on. Yeah, Reed. Reed, is it true that you almost went to USC? You know what? I was. Uh, Signed, sealed, and delivered in my own mind. And uh, I had Glenn Sato come to the house, talk to the parents, uh, phone calls with Jim McLaughlin. In fact, next time you have Jim on the show, it probably won't be until next fall, ask him about it. Ask him how close it really was. Or were they just sort of stringing some kid along from Arizona (laughs) telling me what I wanted to hear and then, you know, pulling the rug out from under me at the last moment. But um, they recruited me as a setter actually, and um, I was totally ready to go, sight unseen, actually. Um, And at the very last moment, literally the 11th hour, they said, you know what, there's this European kid that we think could possibly pass the SAT exam, Uh, and if he does, uh, we need need to take a look at him. And that turned out to be uh, Donald Sujo Player of the Year uh, in 2000. So I think it worked out okay for him. Hey, uh, you know, we've actually talked to Jim about that here on the show before. He felt like his brother Rick, now head coach at UC Santa Barbara, but then LMU head coach, that Rick basically flew you under the radar and never talked to to Jim about you because he knew what he had and he was sitting on it. Swoop? He's he's claiming swoop? Oh, come on. Does that mean that we had phone conversations, Jim and I, and, and, like, he didn't even know who he was talking to? It was just, like, autoplay? He doesn't even remember me. Jeez, come on, Jim. <laughs> Massive disappointment. It's been a great career, gold medal and everything else, but all thrown away just in that moment right there, Reed. Good emotion. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I just want an alma mater. That's all I asked for. I'm just looking for a team to root for. <laughs> Why don't you speak to the Jumbotron there at LMU? You could be the <laughs> of the Jumbotron. We're getting a lot of miles out of that Jumbotron, aren't we? Yeah, a lot of national TV coverage for LMU basketball lately. By the way, do we have a coach for the national team yet? You guys nope. nope. Broken that news story yet? 
Dieter actually hit him over the head with it. I think second question last week said, Doug Beal, why isn't there a head coach? Why aren't you doing your job correctly? I think was actually the quote from the exact the exact question. Yeah, and uh, Doug, yeah, he's got no uh, he's got no coach. I've decided that they need to pay a lot more for that job and uh, and and make it a destination versus a, a stepping stone. Uh, you know, when you got guys that are committing decades uh, to a particular team, it's not because uh, you have to; it's because you want to, and. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we've got a lot of great coaches in our country, and, and we um, just coaching in general uh, are just so head and shoulders above the rest of the world in terms of, of collaboration and, and studies and all of these things. And uh, that job uh, needs to, to be the pinnacle, um, and, and I think the pay should reflect it, and I think that it, it should be the most coveted job, and it shouldn't be something that, is difficult for people who are locked into uh, high-paying Division One jobs uh, to take a look at. I, I, I'd love to see that job. Uh, I'd love to see those coaches jumping from uh, the universities into the national team job because it's such an awesome job and it pays uh, what it should and and recruits uh, the best of the best. That's that's what I hope or wish. It's tough to deal with these superstar egos that you guys all have. I mean, it's just not appealing to try and come in and solve that problem. You and Stanley and Salmon. I mean, Jesus, what a nightmare. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, I know for, it's not for lack of effort. Uh, Doug's, uh, I'm sure it's on the top of his list. Uh, at least I would expect it to be. So hopefully uh, the right fit comes along and, and can sort of right the ship and and get the program going to where it uh, potentially could be. Hey, Reed, uh, Jay Roche here. Nice to hear your voice, buddy. Ditto, man. Yeah. Um, how much How much communication do you have with other national team players while you guys are all overseas playing? Do you have time to catch up with them at all? Sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, definitely rooting each other on and uh, uh, following each other and uh, run into each other on occasion. Um, Kevin Hansen plays in the same league as I do as well as Brooke Billings. It's always great to connect with those guys. Uh, and um, Troy Murphy actually is in the other semifinal um, of the competition, Chev, that, that I'm in. So I got to see him last week. And, uh, and yeah, you know, everyone just sort of uh, – it's sort of that cycle, you know. You're just uh, going to – Serving pass, lifting weights, going to practice and matches, and, and uh, connecting with people in between. So, um, Turkey, I'm telling you, I, 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 we sort of came in blind, and I couldn't be happier uh, for where we're at. The amount of golf that I've played in the last couple months is tremendous, and uh, people think here think that I'm just crazy for the sport, but actually, I just tell them, you know, for the last 13 years, we've sort of had to just put our what we like to do on pods for eight months and you just go over to Europe and sort of grind it out. And then you get to the summer and you try to do all the things that you love to do, but to be able to compete uh, with a great club uh, at a high level and, and still be able to shoot out and play 18 and get down to uh, Antalya and, and do some things you like is a, uh, is a privilege. So um, we've been extremely happy for uh, the place we're at today. Yeah, I just assumed from all your Twitter posts that you're just overseas playing golf all the time. You know, after watching the uh, AT&T Pebble Beach, uh, I'm 
I'm just zeroed in on being good enough to play in pro lands. And, and that's what I want to do for the next 10. Uh, yeah, maybe I have to go to another Olympics. You know, I don't know. They're volleyball players. It's tough to get in, but um, not necessarily Pebble Beach. That looks way too difficult, but, but just pro-amps. Maybe we can start like a Facebook page. Get Reed Pretty into the pro-am at Pebble Beach. That would be awesome. Like Love it. Start a campaign. I know plays pro-amps all the time. I, I should ask him. Uh, I yeah. think that's through Oakley that he gets those. I think they asked him to work those, though. I don't think he's legitly uh, getting the tee off. He's not very good at golf. <laughs> right, Gator? <laughs> I hear you don't have a mic. Sorry, you can't defend yourself. Do we have the new headsets in the studio, guys? Hopefully by next week. Good. Yeah, absolutely not. Good. Maybe then we'll be on Sirius uh, XM uh, with a digital sound streaming uh, worldwide. That, that's what I had on my calendar. I'm not sure. That's going to work out by next week, but you well, guys I, are doing a great job. I did threaten to be off the show if the audio issues weren't starting by the beginning of this year, and they're still here, but mm. and I'm still here, which... Empty threat. Well, <laughs> when I don't show up next Tuesday, we'll see how much you panic. Dang it. Yeah, I will panic. You know, you guarantee the music is bad. One hundred, Especially since you use like, the first intro you guys ever had when I'm not here, and I don't understand why you do that. No, we're, we're going retro. It's been five years, the fifth year. We've got to go back and... Not retro when nobody stuff. listened to your first show anyways. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing nobody listened to the first show. They would have been immediately turned off. Reed, it was a, a great thing. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. When can we expect to catch you back here in the States? You know what? Uh, maybe uh, maybe April. We'll see. Uh, things finish up pretty early here. And um, like I said, some, some nice things uh, are, are, are here in Turkey. So we might actually stay a week or two after. We don't have a... Uh, with no coach at the uh, national team, I, I just don't see uh, rushing back to that right away. And uh, if we can get you guys out here, it'd be great. It's a, it's a wonderful place to visit. So uh, maybe sometime late April. Did Reed just invite us to Turkey? Uh, there's been talk about Ramstein Air Force Base. We can make that work out. Make a tour of Europe. Right early May. I'm in. Yeah. I've never been there. Let's do this. Yeah. Net live worldwide. Yeah, why not? We'll need digital sound, though. Yeah, we're going to need something better than what blog talk. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Blog talk. Figure it out, guys. Come on. We've been with you for like five years. No, we're done with him. They're dead to me. <laughs> Jeremy's dead. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Reed, for checking in. Say hi to the family. Say hi to all the Americans. Good stuff, guys. All right. Read pretty. We'll do. Check you later. Check you. Oh, finally, he's gone. From we'll the Ukraine. Finish my Grammy. Yeah, get back, back to the Grammy. Back to the Grammy. Reed calling in and disturbing me. He wanted to talk about volleyball. Volleyball. No, no, I was, it's nice to hear back Reed. to volley. Hadn't heard Reed from a while, but seriously, I thought from his Twitter post that guys just overseas playing a lot of golf. golf. I didn't know he was still siding out. Wearing sure, golf yeah, shorts. Sure. So where was I with my Grammys? Should we rewind the tape? You were uh, right. The pre-telecast. Yeah, you're at the pre-telecast. Um, so I got to go to the Grammys because Nicole. Because you went to the pre-telecast for Nicole's boss. For Nicole's boss. Correct. Who did not win. Did not win. Um, so what's it like being in Staples Center while the Grammys are going on? It was really cool. I mean, the place is sold out. And by sold out, I mean you can't – every seat that's available besides that's not blocked off um, by the stage and back screening, is, the place is full. And you can't buy – the public can't buy tickets to this. So it's either you're a presenter or you're up for an award or you're an invited guest – or if you are up for an award, you have the option to buy a few tickets for like friends and family and stuff like that. So that's how I was able to go. Um, but being there live and seeing the performances um, was really cool. And then obviously the vantage I was at, I could see 
behind the stage where they were rushing off each each band's equipment and putting it back on. It's there's an army of people behind the scenes about doing this. What's the you know, what's the orientation like? Where's it set up on the floor? Obviously, it's not like a you know Clippers game or Lakers game where or a Kings game. Correct. So it's like a concert where the stage is. It's at that exactly like at? a concert. So the stage is at one end of the arena. Um, so it'd be like at where one of the baskets are, mm-hmm. where one of the goals are in hockey, and then everybody else is sitting basically from the front of the stage all the way back. So they're on the floor. Yeah, they're one hundred percent on the floor. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent on the floor. They bring in their own lighting, their own audio. So all the speakers and stuff that are in the Staples Center, they basically lower them and take them out. Wow. And uh, it takes two weeks. That's why they call the Clippers and Lakers just the Grammy road trip. Yeah. Because the Grammys have two weeks to load into Staples Center and then two days to load out. There's a Clippers game Wednesday night, and the Grammys have to be gone by then. Why don't you ask them to leave some of the speakers? And Yeah. Can you leave? Actually, <laughs> can I take them over to Poly with you? Yeah. I exactly. love the new Poly Pavilion, but we need to work on the audio system. Best uh, Best part? Best part for me... Obviously, I was the, the performances were, were the most exciting thing for me. The Bob Marley tribute was my favorite. Um, I think I thought they did a really good job. Bruno Mars kicked it off. Sting came out. Yep. Then Rihanna and Ziggy Marley came out, and then Damian Marley, who has the longest dreads I've ever seen in my Insane, life. Insane, yeah. Like Ziggy's were long too, but when Damian came out, I was concerned he was going to trip over them. <laughs> they were so long. Like they were literally what a few inches from touching the floor. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But it was a great, like, that sounded great. I thought it was so well done. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Black Keys, which I think because I'm such a huge fan, I was a little disappointed. I thought they would vamp a little bit more, especially with all the guest artists they had jamming with them. Like yeah, the New Orleans they, uh, Preservation Band or something. And Dr. Like John. Dr. Like, John. I thought they'd do a little bit more with that. But they were fun to see. Mumford & Sons. Um, it was all, it, there was nobody I was like, ah, that, that didn't work out. And he, uh, I mean, of course, there's, a million celebrities there. Any celebrity sightings where you were up close walking by somebody and just kind of did like a, whoa, that was Adele or whatever? You know, I did not have that because we were at the pre-telecast. So at that time, all the people who are going to be for the telecast are going through the red carpet. So they're not even really mingling with us. And then, like I said, I was with us normal people. With us normal people. (laughs) I was up in the 300 section. So uh, I figured this year was a good year for me to see it. See how it goes, and then when I'm invited as a guest or as a nominee, mm-hmm. then I will just really dominate. Skrillex won a couple, did he not? I think he won uh, at least two, possibly three. Best electronic album, and then a remix. He won a remix award, too. I don't know if he won a third one or not. Mm-hmm. A couple of interesting categories they had this year There was that I saw. Best Urban Contemporary Album, I think is what it was called. And another one was Rap and Song Collaboration. Yes, which is... I don't know how you – I don't know what urban contemporary is because it's basically R&B, but there's an R&B category as well. And rap too. Yeah. But there's rap category as well. Like just rap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just rap, but then there's a rap and sung. Like I don't yeah. I don't know. That uh, Jay-Z and Frank Ocean and – Kanye won. Yeah, I think yeah. Jay-Z and Kanye won like three. They were up for six nominations. They won three Grammys, um, something like that. And then also I don't know if everybody caught the last performance by LL Cool J with – Chuck D, and Tom Morello, right? Tom Morello, and Travis Barker. That's right. Now, all my cards on the table. I'm not the hugest fan of LL Cool J rapping at this point in his career, just me personally. So I was a little concerned what was going to happen. But when you have Tom Morello, Chuck D, Z-Trip, and Travis Barker backing you, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, and for all the – if you don't know Tom Morello, he was the guitarist for Rage Against the Machine, has done some side projects. Audio Slave, too? Audio Slave. There's a – 
he has a new group that he started now. But he, the things he can do with the guitar, like when you first hear it, you think it's a DJ scratching. Really? He's doing it on the guitar, which is super gnarly. Yeah. He has a, I think he has some sort of guitar company as well. He's really involved in a lot of the musical For sure. industry. Very political stuff. guy too. Yeah. Very smart, well-spoken. Um, so that was a good way for them to end the Grammys. I felt like it should have been a little sooner in the show because the energy was really good. And at that point, they'd already done all the awards. So people, when they went to commercial, people may have tuned out. Mm. Um, but if you have it on TiVo or YouTube, you should check out the performance. It was pretty good. Yeah. And notice Kevin hasn't said a word because he has no idea any of the artists <laughs> we're talking about. I'm looking at pictures of college cheerleaders. That is <laughs> awkward. Wow. <laughs> that happened. Well. So it was, it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun. A little tired today. But uh felt like I was going to a prom or a homecoming because I was all dressed up. And, uh. Post party? Any sort of post party? I did not. I was, at that point, Nicole was like, "I'm done." She'd been walking in extremely high heels all day long. Looked, yeah. looked amazing. You guys were there for 12 hours or something. We were there for a long time. Yeah, long time. But it was a great experience, and I was happy that I was uh, invited to go. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's good times. The opportunities you get just being in LA, you know. Yep. I've been in the doing music for 17 plus years. Nicole's been in the music industry for three, and she dominates. <laughs> and she took you to the Grammys. Exactly. That's exactly uh, how it went down. Yeah. Her name, if you look at some Glee Plus one. liner notes, her name's in there. She's on the CeeLo Christmas album. I've never been on a CD listed. Nothing. Well, I mean. Besides my that, own. Like, I make that my own. EP. That doesn't count because I made my own album. Okay. Kevin? Ten athletes who should have retired sooner. Are you one of them? <laughs> I'm not important enough for USA Today. No. Who should have? I don't like that you should have retired sooner. Deion Sanders, Gordie Howe, Prime time. Patrick Ewing, Jerry Rice, Michael Jordan, Evander Holyfield, Roger Clemens, Ricky Henderson, Brett Favre, Muhammad Ali. Brett Favre? Hmm. Boxers, I completely understand. You you think you can still box, but you can almost kill yourself. You listen to these guys talk now. But if you are a football player, like a quarterback, or a Michael Jordan, you play as long – you would still – you reach and play as long as he can play. I would want you to play as long as you can play because once you can't – you can't. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's not like, oh, I'm going to take a sabbatical from DJing. I can come back and do it in 10 years. You can't do that in sports. Right. So no. play as long as you can. Yeah, and I, I think we've talked about this issue before here on the show, and people who say, oh, you're hurting his legacy. Well, that's spoken like a person who has no legacy. So it's, uh, it doesn't hurt your legacy to play a few more years. No one remembers those few more years. So where did Patrick Ewing play after he played the Knicks? Tell me. Honestly, I like it's like Orlando or something, I but Orlando, I don't. Yeah. But I, I. But you're right. I don't associate him at all whatsoever. No, you don't know. So, it's completely Chris Chase of USA Today Sports. I mean, you have people come up and write these all the time, and you know Evander Holyfield. Anyone remember any of the fights after Evander was fighting with Tyson? Only when Tyson bit his ear off. Right, that's all you remember. How about Jerry Rice? Where Jerry Rice finish his career? Anyone? Chiefs, I think. Yeah, was it Kansas City like Montana? No. Nope. He was on the Raiders, and then... He was on the Raiders, went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right, it was the Raiders. Anybody else? Right, it was just the Raiders. No, he finished in the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks, that's right. But you don't even remember that. You remember as a 49er. So the fact that he got paid, had fun, did what he loved for another five years, who cares? Well, also, too, like, it, we want them to end... Like, you want Michael to end with that shot... You want Michael to Brian end Russell. that way. Because Michael so, doesn't like, want to end that way. Off Brian yeah, Russell, first of all, in regular motion, it's not a push-off. <laughs> Slow motion, it looks for sure like he's just throwing the guy to the ground. Get like, out of my way. Like, knock down as the a fan, you want it because you're like, oh, that's the perfect storybook ending. Yeah, holds the pose. Like what Ray Lewis is getting right now, if he stays retired, that's the yeah. perfect storybook ending for right. him, football-wise. But that's not real life. That doesn't happen all the time. Where did Deion Sanders finish his career? 
Dallas. No. No. Redskins. No. There's somebody after the Redskins? Yep. I don't know. Super Bowl champs. Your flag football team? <laughs> yeah. The Ravens. Really? Yep. I, I honestly don't remember that at all. Hmm. Like, not at all. Ten most shocking resignations in sport. Bobby Petrino. Barry Sanders. Jim is it, Brown. Is it just coaches or is it retirements as well? Urban Meyer. Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Yep. Walked away at 28. Who is that? He was the a running, running back, back for the Vikings. For the Vikings. No. Yep. Ohio State. Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. 96. Pat Tillman. Mm. Rocky he, Marciano. Tillman left to go to the military. Right, but he retired. Yeah, yeah. Rocky Marciano is the greatest fight of all time. <laughs> Everyone's trying to get a white guy. you got to bring up Rocky Marciano. That's two references to that yeah. movie. This day. Drink. I love it. Drink. Barry Sanders. Yeah. 1998. That was harsh because he's he like, 31. you guys suck so bad, I can't play for you anymore. Never came back. Gosh. He was so good. So good. When Barry, they see, they smile and say, he's a munchkin. He can't play. This will be an easy day. Michael Jordan, 1993. He was so – I could watch highlights of Barry Sanders all the time. I was too young, I think. Like, I wish that Barry Sanders played now in his prime so that I could uh, appreciate so it good. more. So good. So that, you know, I had fantasy football and all that stuff, yeah. whereas, you know, he was playing, I was, what? A gleam in your mother's eye. Yeah, 10 to And Barry wasn't like, he wasn't a, he wasn't the fastest guy in the field. No. He just absolutely juked you out of your shorts. Yeah, he was good. Sorry, Kevin. Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. His first one, it was after, 93. His, after his dad died. Correct. He won the NBA championship. 1991. You're welcome, Houston Rockets. 1991. 91, sorry. Oh, 91? Who was it in 91? A player that retired? Yep. Magic. What sport? Thank oh, you. Nice, good call. Magic. I don't know if you could read it from all the way over there. No, it's He's November 7th, 1991. Good. Whoa, burned in your memory. That was shocking for other reasons besides yeah. him just retiring, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And, those, then, uh, and then pictures of cheerleaders. Yeah, that's what Jeremy looks at every day. Um, Literally, those cheerleader, US, UCLA cheerleaders, somebody cheerleader on the, squad. Grade the UCLA like, cheerleaders. Somebody on the chat board mentioned the 30 for 30 with Barry, Sun, Barry Sanders. <laughs> There's the, you know, the 30 for 30s are really giving you another view into a lot of these athletes. Where is the Barry Sanders? Did I miss the Barry Sanders one? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, How's is that it on possible? Netflix? I'm upset. I'm on demand. Hey, speaking of uh, television shows, The Walking Dead back last night for those that are Don't tell me I haven't that. seen it yet. Okay. I'm just happy to have a mic. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah. It's a great question on the chat board. If there was a 30 for 30 about volley, I mean, what would the... Uh... You'd have to do it on some of the best... Don't of say it. You, you'd have to. Don't say it. That's the only... Don't. Can I mute you while I talk about this? No, I'll tell you what it should be. Honestly. It would be Kerry Misty or Karch. Suck it, Kevin. No, what about the 2008 men's team? What about them? What do you mean, what about them? Sorry, Reed. <laughs> Why? That? You. you. Not you think so? The murder. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. that's true. And then you go on to Olympic glory. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. That's Sorry, probably... Karch. Sorry, Karch. <laughs> that's um, probably pretty appropriate, actually. Yeah. I mean, you could do... Yeah, you could do it for sure. So many things, but that's a good one. But if you want to get the Because that's compelling. 100%. So is Carrie Misty... Misty getting hurt, Carrie having babies. Uh, don't you're just jaded, Kevin. When they won a million no, matches I, in a row, I have no when they problem won a million with matches in a row. Well, that's something in, that that streak that they went on is something in sports that people don't realize how gnarly that is. Yeah, but that that's don't, not a thirty get, for thirty. Are you gonna upset me? Thirty for thirty is I'm Benji, with, 
You know what, it's though? the Yugoslavian War and, and Vladi and, and Dragon. I would agree with you until the last ones. Like, this this latest round has just been more of, like, Bo knows Bo. I wanted a little bit more from that, but it was still good. You know what I mean? Like, that was a great first, one. I, we I could have sat another half hour. Yeah, 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 I wanted, love that. But at first, I agree with you, Kevin. You know, it was about Marcus Dupree, the best high school running back you've never heard of. and That was, was a great one, too. Yeah, it's about all these these stories that you just didn't you didn't know, which is why I think the 2008 men's team might fit better because a lot of people in the, you know, just in general public probably don't know all about that story. Whereas Kerry and Misty, I think, would have uh, a greater following from the beginning because people know who Kerry and Misty are. I mean, they were in the Visa commercial before they even did anything, this and that. So it, I think it depends. I mean, one of the things I used to love about the 30 for 30 is that it was this cool story like Benji or or whatever that you didn't really know the whole thing about. You maybe had heard something about it, and, oh, now I'm going to get a look at yeah. what it was really about. And they did the controversy, too. They did Marion Jones. They did uh, Carl Lewis and, and uh, Ben Johnson. Was it 9.76 or 10 point, whatever, whatever the name of it was? They did a bunch of controversial type things. And, and I don't – there's nothing controversial about Misty and Carey. They were just excellent. Right. But there was – during their run, they almost broke up, literally almost broke up. Um, they stopped talking to each other for a little while. There were some issues behind the scenes. Misty, Misty herself would be more interesting with her dad. I mean, the whole stuff from her book her and book, that kind yeah. of thing. Misty herself would be a better, more compelling story. And no slight to carry, just you didn't crawl through a river of shit and come out clean on the other side. Drink, you know? Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. For yeah. Yes. You know, but Stephen King, you're welcome. Yeah. Wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Drink. Great film. Great film. Great film. Get busy living and get busy dying. I watched, yeah, it's my favorite quote. I watched uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Office last week. I saw, oh. you, I saw you post that. I turned Amazing. it on. I was like, oh, it's, it just got added to Netflix. They turned it on. Oh, I watched a couple minutes. I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. My wife walks in the room. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, watching Ferris Bueller's. Do you tell her that life moves pretty fast? Sometimes you just have to <laughs> stop and look stop around. Yeah. Just, yeah. How many kids have tried to put their parents' car in reverse thinking it would take the <laughs> mileage off before that movie happened. True. Or you f- to fake a sickness is the clammy hands. Totally. Some people think it's a good phony fever, but you get a nervous mother and you put a, end up in a hospital, which is worse than high school. It's a little childish. <laughs> but so is school. And again, so is high school, yeah. yeah. You know, I think Grace and Rooney steal the show. They do. They are awesome. The uh, principal uh, and... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Rooney! Rooney! Pull yourself together. <laughs> it was a, yeah. Why don't you roll her old bones on over here? <laughs> Classic movie. Finally, Great. we're not talking Bali anymore. Oh, so many. There's so many good lines, and it's like you could just do line after line. You know, Ben Stein. Yeah. Yeah. Blank D O economics. Voodoo economics. Saw something the other day. We're talking about like that it was did not work. One of the first movies where like they broke that fourth wall in acting, where like oh, talking oh, about the looked directly at the camera, but it made. Perfect sense for that movie. You're like, oh yeah, I'm totally with you, Matthew. Yeah. Totally with you. Do it all. On the float. Singing in the parade. I yeah. recall Central Park <laughs> and Fall. How you tore your dress. What a mess. Wow. I confess. That just happened, ladies and gentlemen. When he's singing in the shower. They're drinking earlier. Just not to hear that again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Did you know, because I was looking up stats, right? Because nowadays you have the two-screen experience. So I was looking up stuff while I was watching the movie. And Could you go back that far? Because the internet only goes back to 2004. <laughs> yeah. uh, I looked up the – because here, my own experience with Ferris Bueller's. I, I don't know if I told this story on this show before, but 
I came out to L.A. between my junior and senior year of high school, working here in Westwood. San Vicente, my uncle's store, is called Front Runners. It's right by the Hamburger Hamlet there in San Vicente, right as it comes off of Wilshire. And I had, I, I either just saw the film after I had lunch or whatever, I, like that night or something, or a week later. I had lunch at this place, Regular John's. And I'm inside Regular John's, and I'm looking around like, I know this place. I know... This is Ferris Bueller. <laughs> it was the scene where Rooney walks in. He's hunting for Bueller, and he, you know, he says, you know, the game is up or whatever, something yeah, French. The girl, yeah, thank <laughs> you. The girl turns around, Score. spits the coke in his face, right? Yeah. And then he yeah. goes over and he says, uh, you know, who's who's playing, who's playing, who's, yeah. or who's winning? What's the score? What's the score? Zero zero. Who's winning? Yeah, the Bears. The Bears. That's the Cubs game. So I look around in this place, and that's regular John's. You know, wow. I'm a kid from the Midwest. I never realized how supposed much supposed to be filmed in Chicago, by the way, which is where you came from. I never realized how much <laughs> stuff gets filmed in LA. Oh, dude. That's supposed to be somewhere else. But that was one of my first experiences with that was that that's moment. Cool. And they still had Kung Fu Champ or Karate <laughs> Champ or whatever, still whatever in the game there. was. They had the same two video games. Everything laid out As the same. They should. That's awesome. And it's gone now. It became Luis's Treachery or something. Five years or ten Dunkin years later. Donuts. Something more corporate. Now it's something else, Rainforest Cafe or something up there. But <laughs> I didn't know the house, their house, the Bueller household, yeah. is actually in Long Beach. Really? Yep. And and real subtle things. It's a real nice winter for them in Chicago. Well, yeah. we were watching. We were watching, and I'm looking at Rooney trying to climb in the window, and he steps on the hose and stuff, right? And he starts it up. If you look in the background, there's tropical plants. Awesome. That's what got me looking it up. I'm like... There's Wait no way that's second. in Chicago. That stuff <laughs> dies this time of year. Yeah. And then if you look closely, when they show a shot of the outside of the house, you see a one of those white curb addresses mm-hmm. that they have here where you paint the curb white and have the black number along the curb. Yeah. I don't have that in Chicago. That's only here. It's awesome. Huh. So it's one of those little, but it's real subtle and you don't notice it. But it, the other thing was there's uh, the restaurant Chez Louis or whatever where Abe Froman goes. Yeah, the sausage it's actually a personal residence in Chicago. It's not a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's what got me. The parade. Yeah. It was the German-American parade. Mm-hmm. It actually occurred the week before. They shot a bunch of stuff that week. Then the float scene with Ferris, they put ads in the paper for people to show up the following weekend. 10,000 people showed up to all be a extras. part of that. All wow. extras from just the random public to recreate the parade scene the following week in Chicago for the float scene. Very cool. So not only did Kevin watch the whole movie, then he spent a few hours afterwards. Yeah, on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. hours. <laughs> hours involved. IMDb. <sighs> so, yeah, funny. But I, it's just one of those ones you can't turn off. Tommy Boy. We turn on Tommy. You can't turn Tommy Boy off either. It happens. You're just waiting for him to go, fat guy in a little <laughs> coat. Uh, Who's your you? favorite favorite little rascal? <laughs> Frankie? Yeah. Uh, good times. I have friends that will come out here from other parts of the country, and then they'll call me when they're home, and they'll see something on TV. They're like, oh, my God, we went to eat there. Or we were hanging out there, and I yeah. saw it in the movie, and it's supposed to be obviously somewhere You're else. Like, yeah, like, I was totally there. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite bits of movie magic is Rob, Inflo's ba- Rob Lowe's Bad Influence. Terrible film. Never seen it. But they're yeah. supposed to be there on top of a strand house down in Hermosa, Religion. and they're shooting from the east side to the west. You see Rob Lowe, this, that, whatever, James Spader, and you see the beach, mm-hmm. right? They flip around the camera the other way. They did something. It looks like Tampa Bay behind them. Interesting. It you know it should just be the hill. Right? Yeah. That's there. It's Tampa Bay or something. It's like this huge big city. I'm like, you're like, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of movie magic going on there. Movie magic. That's what it is. No doubt. Magic of TV. Yeah. So 
This was magic on, on the radio today. This was magic podcast is what this was. All of our volley dorks are super thrilled that we had about an hour and our yeah, hour, hour and 45 minutes of straight volley talk. Yeah, we lulled them to sleep. And then Grammy talk until Reed interrupted. rudely interrupted me. Yeah. Rudely. Yeah, aggressively. Yeah. He well, sent us an email that said, I'm on losers. in the queue, losers. <laughs> and we got Reed out of the way. Back to Grammy talk. Ferris Bueller. That was a great show. Finally got Are a microphone. Are the show next week? Finally got a microphone. I want people to know that uh, Dustin did get his chocolate Zico chilled. I chilled. Did. Courtesy Brooke Hansen. Yeah, thanks, Brooke. Niles. Brooke Niles, pardon me. Um, Next week on Tuesday is what I hear. Tuesday. Tuesday next week, Monday, some We holiday. don't work holidays. What and is Monday? Well, President's Monday is a President's Day holiday for the kids, plus I'm working USC, yeah. UCLA. At Galen. At Galen. What time is that game? You doing the simulcast there, bud? I doubt it. Okay. I mean, you guys Fired. take all of our all your mojo. Yeah, I don't even know who I'm doing it with. Uh, where's Kelly Tennant? Probably skates. Kelly Tennant. Seriously, what did you do? <laughs> she was here. She was solid for two weeks, and then all of a sudden, nothing. I, I made my move. Apparently. <laughs> um, ne- no I know. I know. Next week, next Valentine's Tuesday, Day coming up. I'll patch it up with her. Yeah, exactly. You already <laughs> sent her flowers. Um. Albert Hanneman will be on next Tuesday for sure. Okay. Who else do we really? have? Uh, let me see what we're working on here for Tuesday. Oh, we have John Costi of Stanford, also confirmed. How about that for the coach's corner? Uh, no, just just in general. And then we need a coach's corner guy. I think we need someone, another promotional guy. We talked to Fergie today about promoting his program and kind of being part of the university. We need to talk to another coach about that that side of things because it's not just about winning. It's not just about X's and O's. You have to integrate yourself into the university in a whole different way. If you're really going to be successful. Yeah, I um Dustin will be here next Tuesday cuz he won't have a job by then. I hope I'm not here. I'm just kidding. But you will be. We hope be for here. your sake you're not here. We hope for the sake of the show you we, are here. We drive the new RAV4 over. Appreciate that. No, we don't have it in hand yet. We got to uh go Probably through, take some time out. Go something. through some of the T's and C's if you will. Now, do you guys need a new car? Yeah. It actually is. Oh. So you can sell your current car to pay the taxes on the new car. Hoping to, yeah. Rad. Interesting. Or plan. RAV. RAV. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Take that, Toyota. Use it. Use yep. it. Yeah, feel free to, to load up the uh, fourth hour of the Today Show online and see the I am gonna check that out. fan winning an incredible prize. She just put her name like in a drawing? Yeah. You can see there's like a jar on stage or something with just little slips of paper, and they just like reach in and go, Hannah Avon. And what what did they... what? She originally you said she like won a book like or a book and a CD or something. She's like, oh great, this is yeah. cool, you know, blah blah. Fake, she's faking. Oh yeah, yay. yeah, just what I wanted. Yeah, like, Kathy Lee's CD, awesome. Strangely, the car does not have a CD player. Yeah, <laughs> and then bam, brand bam. new car. By the way, you also win this. It's awesome. Yeah, you know that they, they you would she think they would set it up that it. way that the person's walking off stage and they kind of bring them back. Yeah. And, oh, you won the car. Actually, Hoda and Kathy, too drunk to remember they were supposed <laughs> yeah. to give her the car. <laughs> Producer screaming yeah, yeah. in their ear, give away yeah. the damn car! Yeah, yeah Nicole will be watching that in the morning, and obviously they're on the East Coast, but so it's not a live feed, but they're drinking at like 6 in the morning. <laughs> they are wasted. 6 in the morning. Awesome. Like I we, get, When are we going to do that? we got to schedule that. we got to come up with a day and put it the drunk show. When Reed comes back in town. Oh, speaking that, of uh, Reed, didn't he say earlier this year like we're going to like Taylor Swift? He did. Is that who it was? Can you tell true. him that I saw her live at the Grammys last night, so I'm good. I don't need to see her again. <laughs> she. It was a great performance, but I, I think? saw it. Is she it hot? Was, Is she hot? I was too far away. Ah. Um, I thought what they did for her performance, I'm not a big fan of that song, Yeah. but that song's not 
I'm not the target audience for that song. Right, you didn't break up with a guy recently? Ever. Correct. Like ever. Ever, forever, ever. Um, but like I thought what they did, like the carnival atmosphere yeah. of it all, I thought it was cool. The guy, the guy that rode out on the little bike with the flamethrower, that was awesome. Yeah, by the way, that flame was really close to other people. And I was <laughs> nervous. I was like, this is either going to be really cool when somebody else goes up in flames, yeah. or it's just going to totally ruin the show. Yeah, or the show's over yeah. in the beginning. I will say that all the red confetti that came down for her at the end was still all over the stage Floating throughout around. the, throughout the yeah. rest of the show. Good good foresight there. Yep. It's good times. Good show, everybody. All right, good show. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks I to have great thighs. Thanks to Jeremy for his thighs. Thanks to Volleyball Magazine for hosting us. Get out there and get a subscription to Volleyball Mag. And thanks to Spire Institute for their continuing support of this show, as well as the ABCA, sponsoring a couple different things here for our program, American Volleyball Coaches Association. And also, if you guys didn't notice, all my music today was from the Grammys. I know you didn't see it, Kevin, but for our listeners. Did all, we even talk about it? All Grammy noted. Yeah, we had Black Keys. We had... Uh... Bob Marley and uh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. And you're going to get something on the way out. $10 t-shirts. What's it going to be? Vala Clothing. V-A-L-A Clothing.com. Get them now because they're going to be gone. We don't have any more. Great to be here. We don't have any more t-shirts left, but we will have some new stuff. I still got to connect with Siggy over there. at. Uh, yeah. I got next set that you're the only one that's going to wear. Meh. I think uh, we've talked about Meh. What, uh, meh. meh. If you ever come to the beach and say I have next set, I'm not going to speak to you ever again. I don't play volleyball. But I talk about it every week here with everybody here on the Net Live. Thanks to Chris, Jeremy, and Dustin for showing up. We'll probably have Dustin next week unless one of you out there employs him. Probably. All right. We're out. Have a good week. Song of the year.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.